Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of uh, former Bellator fighters, Liz Carmouche, getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week, it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who, of course, uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ. One Patricky Pitbull is, uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check them out. If you're at home, check them out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life. On this Monday, November 21st, 2022, hello again, everyone. I sure hope you're doing well. It is great to be here on a frigid Monday afternoon in New York City. Hopefully, you're taking a bit of a break from World Cup action. I believe uh, Netherlands just won, yes? No. Anyone? Yes, they just scored in the final minute to lock up a 2-0 uh, a win. A 2-0 win for the Mighty Dutch. And, of course, later today, the USA uh, will be playing the squad from Wales. First time in 66 years that they'll be in the World Cup. The great Gareth Bale looking to propel the Welsh over the mighty Americans. Um, we'll be here. The whole crew's leaving, actually, to go watch the games. But I'll be here holding it down. Of course, can't say that on Wednesday. Uh, we'll be doing a special 11 a.m. show, 11 to 2 on Wednesday, so that, of course, we can all celebrate and regale and fete and honor the great squad from Canada going up against Belgium. But enough about that. There's a lot to discuss on today's program. I hope you're all doing well. I'm so happy to be here. You may notice that uh, I'm perhaps looking a little more official on this Monday afternoon. Uh, this morning, I had to wake up bright and early to tape something with my good friends over at uh, HBO Real Sports. So they put makeup on me. Can you tell, Frank? Oh, yeah. What do I look? Do I look uh, better with the makeup? Worse better with the, with the makeup. Yeah, you think yeah, so? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. You did a good job. Is it very quick? A uh, little bit. A little bit. Kept it high and tight. Um, it was a very quick thing. They made me uh, get there early for makeup, and they're like, oh, you didn't need to be here so early. You're good to go. You're camera ready, as they camera say in ready. the business. Uh, but no, it was a great time, and it's for something that is airing in the coming weeks. Always very inspiring to be there. You're with uh, a, a great group of journalists. Uh, I'm reminded when I'm around them that I, in fact, am not 
a real journalist, and they are. I was with, I met a, uh, a journalist for the first time there, a young woman named Isabella Young, who works for Vice as well. She was just in the Ukraine, or in Ukraine, excuse me, I don't know why I say the, in Ukraine. Part of that, she was in China, doing all kinds of real journalist things. And here I am talking about, you know, birding and uh, mixed martial arts. But, you know, something for everyone. We all have our purpose, our roles in life, and uh, this is mine. And so I'm inspired on this Monday to do better and to put forth the best show possible. So that we will do. As always, we are presented by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They are the official sports betting partner of not only the UFC, but this program as well. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use the code THEMMAHOUR for a special offer when you sign up again. That's code THEMMAHOUR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. So what are we doing today? Who are we talking to? What are we talking about? Um, Back into the show, 3 o'clock, we'll be joined by one Michael Chandler. You may have heard of Michael Chandler. He just fought at Madison Square Garden against Dustin Poirier. We had Dustin on Wednesday, so good to get the other side of the equation on uh, this show. And a tough loss for him, but again, as I said last week, he has entered the territory of oh, hey, Michael Chandler's on the card, sign me up. Oh, he lost that fight? Who cares? Can't wait for the next one. He's that guy now. He's in that rarefied, you know, Nate Diaz, Donald Cerrone, Conor McGregor territory. Obviously, there's levels, but uh, he has become an absolute fan favorite. He has become a sure thing for the UFC and one of their best signings of the last decade. Um, An incredible investment, he gets paid pretty well, and I would say he he deserves every penny of it, if not more, especially considering the damage that he has taken. So we'll talk to him about the Poirier loss. Of course, we could talk about some of the things that uh, Poirier said about him, where he goes from here, all that and more. That will be at 3 o'clock. At 2.40, we'll talk to Ryan Spann, who had the big win over Dominic Reyes at Madison Square Garden as well two weekends ago. Massive win for him. He said afterwards that was his first training camp for a fight. Crazy statement. Let's talk to him about it. And a big stretch, of course, for the Fortis MMA team. Span with a big win. Prior to that, of course, we had uh, Uriah Hall on the Jake Paul card. Safe Saud all over the place. This weekend, we had Kennedy and Zichuku with the big win over Iwan Kuchilaba in the makeshift main event after Derek Lewis had to pull out at the 11th hour. We'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, we were supposed to have Kennedy and Zichuku at 2.20. Unfortunately, I just got word... I mean, literally less than five minutes ago uh, that a a very serious matter has affected his family. I don't think it's my place to discuss. I'm sure you will hear about it soon enough, but uh, there is a reason why he unfortunately had to pull out, and I just want to send my best to his family and to him in particular because uh, you learned a little bit about some of his... uh, his struggles, and just how great of a human being he is, how thoughtful and well-spoken and heartfelt he is. Uh, so my heart goes out to the Nzechuku family and uh, obviously would love to have him in the future whenever he is ready to come back. So there's an update on today's lineup. Um, prior to that, 2 o'clock, we're going to be joined by Vanessa Demopoulos, who had another win, third in a row on Saturday. Great character. I saw her in Phoenix at the Jake Paul card, and she's like, I got to get on your show. And I said, you win a couple of weeks, you'll be on. Man of my word, what can I say? She'll join us at two. 
And then we'll be joined prior to that by Terrence Crawford, Bud Crawford, who in many people's eyes is the best pound-for-pound male boxer on the planet. I certainly wouldn't disagree with that. Uh, He's returning to action on December 10th. In fact, he was supposed to fight this Saturday, this past Saturday, against Errol Spence in one of the best fights that can be made in boxing. Once again, the fight didn't get made. He's fighting December 10th, not against Errol Spence. He's been doing some media. He went on his Instagram to talk about it all. We'll talk to him about the whole thing. So stay tuned for that. Um, Bit of a bummer. Huge bummer. Doesn't take away how good he is, how talented he is. But hopefully in 2023, if all goes according to plan, we'll see that. We did see the announcement last week of Ryan Garcia and Gervonta Davis. They say they're going to fight, and then Davis comes out and he's like, oh, I'm fighting someone else in January. Oh, I'm sure nothing bad will happen then. You know, there's not even a date. There's not a venue. There's nothing attached to it. So with all those players involved, you know, fool me once, fool me twice, fool me 9,000 times. Let's wait and see. Um, So all that and more to come on today's program. But Frank, we do have some breaking news. Do we have any celebratory music? Do we have any like... I mean, that's, that's I thought you had like a whole bank of stuff. Nah, not so much. That's not quite what I was going for. The big news, of course, the losing streak is over. What instrument is that? What is this? this is my trumpet. <laughs> Let's say hello to the Parlay Pals. It is over. The long national nightmare is over. There he is, Mr. America himself. I didn't even see the hat until just now. I'm GC, in the same room with the... Oh, this wow. is tremendous. We're wearing it all day, Frank. It's, oh. it's the World Cup opener. We Uncle got... Sam, a.k.a. Uncle Connor. Yep, that's what they call me. 52 minutes to kick. Uh, uh, if you nervous. can maybe refrain from telling people how long, you know, we don't want people turning off the show. Well, you do the side by side, you know, USA oh. on mute. That's what I'm going to. Manning cast? We should Manning cast it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea by you. I, I actually like that a by lot. By the way, who better than Michael Chandler to do a uh, a Manning cast that's for a USA sporting event, <laughs> yeah. right? Mr. America himself? Yeah, I'll see you at the top, man. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Uh, that Netherlands, I had Netherlands minus one and a half there. So that goal at the last minute was uh, pretty huge for me. Oh, really? Yeah, like I was actually going pretty What did you have? Here. Netherlands minus one and a half. Oh, but you were already up. Nah, they won oh, two. Oh, minus one and a half. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, last second. Last wow. Second. Do you, are last you betting second. on every game? Uh, so far, I have no. I didn't. I didn't bet on Qatar, Ecuador. That was too dicey, dicey. Too dicey, especially with the whole rumors I mean, swirling yeah, and everything. Seven like million. That. Here we go. Yeah. Three minutes in, take away the goal. Yep. I mean, it's yeah. just a lot of most games. I'm going to try to bet on though. Canada, Belgium. Yeah, we'll get something down there. Nice. I don't know what yet. <laughs> nice. Maybe a little Canada plus two and a half or let's something. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, gentlemen, how do we feel? Now, I could see it coming a mile away. People are going to say, well, you didn't really win. Recap for the public, GC, if you will, what sure. exactly transpired on this very, I mean, it was a very unforgettable night of fights. Actually, I should say afternoon. It was a one o'clock start. Yeah, uh, I, I think mean, we'll be we... talking about this card as one of the cards of the year come uh, end of December. <laughs> Tell the people what happened in case they missed it. <laughs> All right, so I don't know how many people were paying a, attention on Twitter, but there was sort of an account that like didn't have any sort of notoriety, any verification or anything that first reported that the main event might be canceled. They claimed that they were at the Apex, that someone offered them a refund if they wanted to leave. No one really bought it at that point. Then a couple journalists bought it, and they were like, oh, it looks like we're about to get an update. And then, what is it, as the, as the prelims ended... 
they were like, yep, we just lost the main event. It's not happening anymore. So Kennedy and, and Kutalaba became the main event. We obviously lost our pick in, in Derek Lewis, Sergey Spivak. Uh, fight does not go to a decision. Uh, so that just left Jack Della, and he got the job done for us, and uh, we cashed. I mean, technically the fight didn't go the distance. Well, it never started. For okay. So, but, so it's a legit win, though, right? Like if oh, yeah. someone would have played this parlay. I played it. And, and you won. Not only did I get my money back, I mean, we got lesser odds. It was already bad odds at minus 123. We got it at minus 174. Uh, oh, they change it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you, you lose one. To, it just right. becomes a three-leg parlay. Wins a win, man. Got us back in the green all time. Uh, I'm feeling great. Now, just curious, can a parlay be two or does yeah. it have to be three? No, it can be two. So what happens if you had just two? Like what happens if you had and It got voided? Yeah. It would just become a single play. Just become a single play. All right. Yeah. Um, so we're back. You're we're back, great, I mean, you look elated. I mean, you look like you are just on cloud nine, celebrating. I'm, I'm so thrilled. Yeah. Um, couldn't, couldn't be more thrilled. It's what what do you want from me? I mean, this is a big deal. It's thrilling. How many weeks was it? Seven? Here's, a dif- here's eight, a difference eight. between eight. me and you. If yes. we lost, if we had lost, then this week we would have been trying to fight back a double-digit losing streak. Here's the difference. Yeah. I never doubted. I never doubted. Yeah. Well, you never doubted what? That we would ever lose? Or that we would ever win? They're all winners. They were all winners. Yeah. We just got bad luck. They're all winners. Uh, I don't know. Easy about... dub. And you know what? We would have gotten an easy dub on the fourth leg of the parlay too if it happened. Oh, that so. was so. I mean, that was yeah. That was my most no, confident. No pick. sweating over happening. here. Well, that's why I'm okay with you know giving ourselves the old Barry H because it wasn't like that was an easy prayer and you're like, oh, I could see a route. I mean, I feel like no one saw a route for that fight going the uh, the distance. So. I mean, Derek Lewis has had that post-fight interview where he's just like, I don't do five rounds. Like, right. I can't do five rounds. I mean, if you ask Frank, you know, we should have cashed that one and didn't even go the distance, according to Frank. That's so, true. That and by the I way, said. I checked in with his team, just for those uh, speaking of journalism, I, I, expect, I checked in with his team. Uh, they said, wasn't feeling well, went to the hospital, got checked out, wasn't weight cut related, wasn't COVID related. Checked in with his team again on Sunday for an update, no reply. Mm. Didn't make me feel great, um, but hopefully he's doing okay. I mean, he's had some last-minute weird things happen in the past, but uh, obviously wish the best to Derek Lewis. Tough stretch for him. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Hopefully we get to see him back in there before the year's out. Now, here's the thing. I saw a lot of people, and even you made a joke about it, uh, GC. It was a nice poster, but I see a lot of people saying, like, you know, worst card, this, that. Of course, not fair because they lost the main event. But, but. There is something to be said for this. These, I don't mean to, you know, belabor the point, but these Apex cards are so thin, so shallow, so poor that you lose a Derek Lewis. All of a sudden, you take a step back and you're like, wow, you know, I just spent seven hours watching a UFC card with not one ranked fighter on it, right? Yeah, not no, one no ranked, ranked And that's 15. That's top 15, not one. And it goes back to the fact that they don't have to sell tickets. There's no pressure on them whatsoever. They can continue to put... The only way this is going to change, by the way, as a consumer, you want to spend your seven hours on a Saturday, this will only change if ESPN says, we're paying you the same amount today as we were four years ago when this deal started. We need to up the product. It needs to go back to what it once was. And that's not to say that what it once was every fight night was you know, super stacked. But I would argue that it wasn't this. You're 100% right. There's no doubt. But in order for that to happen, that would mean that the numbers for these fight cards have to dip. And I don't even think it has to dip, man. 
I really don't. Well, what would yeah, what I would mean, be ESPN's uh, incentive to? Oh, you mean the numbers, like the, yeah, the like the amount of cards would need to be. Are, wait, but are, no, are no, you talking no, about no. the viewership I'm numbers? About the viewership. Oh, okay, yeah, oh, that's okay, what I thought right. you meant. I, I thought you meant. Uh, I'm talking about the viewership. What would be ESPN's incentive to make the UFC change it if the num- if the viewership numbers are the same? Well, no, 100. percent So wh- it's a long term play as well, right? Like I said, I I actually feel like they're doing long term damage. But yes, how do you judge that? The if, numbers. If ESPN's getting the same yeah. viewership for no, uh, I know. For this fight night, as they're getting for, you know, whatever fight night that you, you know, we're if we're grading them that you think is better, then there's no incentive for ESPN to say anything. It's and, it's one and of the, we can never know, right? It's, it's all one of our Nielsen yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's yeah, one of the most. That. It's one of the most significant things for ESPN Plus, and it continues to deliver for them. Um, so I don't. I don't see that changing anytime soon. There's no reason to hold the UFC's feet to the fire if you're ESPN because they're giving you a reliable product every single week that's bringing in big time viewers. So. People have to vote with their viewership if if they want to see something change. Do you think it changes? See, nope. Really? People will. That is very willing, depressing. I mean, look around this room. Look on Twitter. Everybody complains about it and whines about it on Twitter, but they're watching. It's it will not change. Twitter's still a thing. <laughs> I thought it was going to be gone on Friday. Look night. Look around TikTok. Look around Instagram. By the but way, yeah. was there anything more annoying than Thursday night? Hey, oh if this is Twitter's God. last night, you can follow me here and here. What the fuck was that? I've said my piece every, on every person said. Oh that. my God. Instagram. I, you know TikTok. what I did? I just blocked anyone who said that. <laughs> are you serious? No, I didn't. But I oh, wanted I to. <laughs> I wanted to. I mean, enough. Uh, like, yeah, what are I we just stopped off on Thursday night. I was just like, it I was can't, a little dramatic. I mean, what are we on the Titanic here? People are you like knew. saying their last goodbyes. I saw a lot you of memes about that. Happen. Really? The 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 band playing? Yeah. No, but it just felt very dramatic. Follow me on Jesus. Instagram. By the way, if we're a fan of yours, like if you're, because it was mostly like media guys doing that, yeah. we know where to find you. Oh, right? actually, I would argue that it was everyone. It wasn't just oh, media was people. It? I saw a lot of my just friends saying that. In, in, in a serious way? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, <laughs> I think anyone Christ. that was posting that was being serious. What's the latest on Twitter, uh, Mr. Social Media? What there, can you tell us? There's a, there's a truth to the idea that this has been an unmitigated disaster, right? objectively from the outside everybody can talk about this and it's clear not in the in the way twitter functions or operates but more so in the fact that we have news every day about staff leaving and staff that is critical to functions of the actual um infrastructure of twitter continuing to function um but the actual end user product has anybody noted any difference because it's it's been the same so the 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 people i i think that a lot of this is a symptom of people wanting it to fail and people uh, reveling in the idea of it failing and celebrating that failure before the failure has actually occurred, if it occurs. Um, I but, do find that it, it actually functions a little bit differently. In what way? Oh, yeah. Uh, the How? mentions are all weird. Sometimes they won't even load anymore. Well, yeah. The, the, so to, to that Which, point, by the way, is kind of a blessing in disguise. Yeah, don't look at them. Yeah. Um, to that point, there are some technical side things that are happening that it is it is objectively true to say that this has not been successful so far um and there are people that people who previously worked at twitter take that for what you will who um s- suspect that this will go off the rails soon that the actual infrastructure will not be able to support this because there won't be people to to handle what is needed so yeah it look it's not great but I think it's premature. Again, it continues to be premature. The death of Twitter is is continued to be talked about for weeks now, and it's still here. 
as long as the site stays up, as long as the app keeps running, Twitter will continue yeah. to survive. I've heard it compared, though, to, and I, I forget where this, in an article, I believe it was in the New York Times, um, to like a train without a conductor or something, like right. or, or a car without a driver. It's kind of, yeah, it's it's cruising, it's, it's going, but we'll see how far it can go. So, yeah, TBD. Let's see. Let's see if Twitter's still around. Back to fighting. There was a lot of uh, <laughs> there was a lot of fighting this weekend. Uh, you had a pretty solid Bellator card. Yeah. Uh, new lightweight champion Usman Nurmagomedov. Uh, that was my pick. He wins. Uh, Corey Anderson kind of feel for him. If I'm being honest, he was so close to winning the million dollars. Didn't quite show up in the same way this time around. Vadim Nemkov is able to retain, wins the million dollars, and also books his ticket to a fight against Joel Romero on CBS February 4th. That was big news that came out. 2010 was the last CBS MMA card. And you have to wonder what this one will do. Bit of a bummer that, you know, it's 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 Fyodor Emelianenko, it's Ryan Bader, it's Joel Romero on CBS. You would hope that there would be a bit of a, a younger push. Uh, these are names that were around in 2010 or so, and it feels like this is the offering. Hmm. All right, let's see how the rest of the card looks. I would suggest a Pitbull, an AJ McKee. You know, you wish that a Stotts, uh, uh, you know, Sabatello, those kinds of guys, although Sabatello and CBS might be a problem, but you get the point. Like the younger <laughs> generation would be on there. Um, would, would it, or would that be what they, exactly what they need, to be honest? I think, you know, obviously the censors are, are going to have their workout cut off. Fader back on CBS like, feels like. Yeah, an old school. It feels like it feels we're, like we're back, we're back in 2010. In Man, you could do worse than having look. Bellator needs a person, somebody to break out. Like, and I don't think that's going to be Fedor. Obviously, this is his last fight. Sabat, you could do worse than having Sabatello or Stotts. Yeah, the censors are going to have their their work cut out for them, and they're going to be busy that night. But like, you need somebody to break through. You need somebody to show something, and show that character, and be that you know uh, new fighter for the next generation. So. I, I think that would be great. Continues to be the best promoted fight, and in large part due to them. I mean, obviously, Beltor is putting them in there. It was a little weird how they were so far apart in the cage yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. But they're freaking gold together, those two guys. And I just hope, honestly, for their sake and for Bellator's sake and for Showtime's sake, like if that fight doesn't deliver, because there is a path to that fight not being good. There's a path of for just sure. like Stotts wrestling him and, you know, like. Or vice versa. Or, or, yeah, or Sabatella. Right, right, right. Him. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a path there. If that fight is just like a 6 out of 10, a 7 out of 10, that's just what the doctor ordered for Bellator. Because even like the two title fights this past Friday, they were a little bit like ho-hum. Nothing to really write home about if you missed it. Um, So you had that. You had UFC on Saturday. I'm getting to my question. You also had uh, the return and the boxing debut of one Greg Hardy against Hasim Rahman. One championship, Christian One Lee, championship you had. You had Cage Warriors yesterday, so there was a lot going on. Yes, uh, Christian Lee. Um, GC, who's the star of the weekend? Oh, man. Let me defer to Rick. Let me let me think a little bit on this. Usman Nurmagomedov, actually. Let me let me change that. Usman Nurmagomedov becoming That's your guy? champion. Yeah, I mean, just like who's getting another belt for Team Khabib, doing the FaceTime afterward. I felt like... I feel like the FaceTime could wait. Am I being a, a party pooper? No, I mean, no, stop it. No, you Why? are being a party Why? pooper. Why do stop we need that. the FaceTime? The guy's oh, in bed, the, the lights the are off. That's it's the Khabib. best. Everybody loves Khabib. Let's get him on the broadcast. The yeah, I'll say Usman. By the way, why couldn't he be there? I mean, what was he doing that was so important? Wow, geez. <laughs> what is this? No, that was fantastic. Um, great moment for them. That team continues to crush. The star of the weekend was Dylan Dennis. Oh, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Uh, Undoubtedly, oh, yeah, no, the star of the weekend is Dylan Dennis. Great, great call, Rick. I wish I had thought of that. 
Maybe Anthony Taylor, but probably Dylan Dennis. Anthony Taylor stock skyrocketed. Anthony Taylor. Ugh, are we really talking about this? Well, not this? only the Dylan yeah, Dennis we are thing, really, but he also got a fight. Booked. We are really talking about this. Dylan Dennis, first of all, the, I'm setting the line at minus 9,000. <laughs> fight doesn't happen. Dylan Dennis versus KSI. I think I cannot, right, I'll take that it does happen. That seems that seems fair. I'll say that. This feels like a total farce of a fight. I don't even know why. KSI is actually a very popular guy. I don't even know why he's entertaining this. KSI versus four random dudes who he's come. He's done two. He's done two already. Yeah, no, night, I'm saying four <laughs> yeah, who now you know, deliver my Uber Eats would do better and be more interesting than this. <laughs> Dylan Dennis has become the wet fart of combat sports. Like the thing that no one wants, the thing that you try to avoid, the thing that is just continuously embarrassing to everyone involved, that scene, first of all, the scene outside of MSG with Adi and Nate Diaz, yeah. embarrassing. The scene outside the uh, hotel or whatever it was with Anthony Taylor, embarrassing. The scene with KSI, embarrassing. The in-cage stuff, embarrassing. And and you forget that at one point, this guy was very respected, or at least to a degree respected in the world of jiu-jitsu. And even when he came over oh. to MMA, he was making some 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 waves, this and that, and Bellator was promoting him. And all this is just so whack. And on the MMA Fighting Instagram, I wrote, uh, when you guys posted, I saw that and I was like, oh, is this fake? Like, is this really going to happen? I wasn't watching it. I wrote, why? I just wrote, why? Dylan sent me a, a DM saying, stop being a bitch. And I was like, I don't even care to respond to you. You're just, you're a wet fart. I don't want okay, anything to let, do with you. Let me counter a few things. Okay. Well, you don't think he's a wet fart? You think he's just a dry fart? <laughs> I'm not even going to deal with that one. Let me let me Very counter a few things. What yeah, a non descriptor there. Or not even counter. Let me add on top of that. Uh, as far as you talking about him as a prospect, when he came over, his BJJ credentials are rock solid. Absolutely one, was one of those guys who who had the credentials that um, people were talking about as a, as a big prospect. 2-0 and in MMA, like not a bad start to a career, right? Like th- that's pretty solid. Yeah, um, against the freaking guys who are cleaning oh, the windows outside. Oh, that's not fair, but that, that's every <laughs> debuting MMA How many things MMA do you fan? have in your head for like no-name people? My gardener, the guy he that just, delivers my Uber took, Eats, the guy what? that cleans my windows outside. He, he, he's doing the, uh, he updated for 22 the who did Michael Jordan play yeah, against. Yeah, 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 to, to fix my um, garage door. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it, it's endless. Landscape burger. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Landscape. <laughs> now, now for an actual counter. All that is true. Every I, I can't disagree with much of what you said. It's been it's been an embarrassing run. Now on the counter. Now on the opposite side. Hasn't of that, fought since 2018. Hasn't. Yeah, hasn't fought since then, and now has a fight booked. Whether he makes it to that fight, I think you've made your position clear. But presumably, he's in for what we would we would assume is a decent payday for a guy who has, as you've said, continued to, to kind of be even like abrasive and and polarizing and people don't want to see him but now he's secured himself what i assume to be a decent payday I mean, at what cost at what cost at 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 the cost of completely ruining his reputation and becoming a laughing stock over the last three years for saying i could beat nganu for saying i could beat this guy that guy like at what cost he could have gone about this like i i i was once entertained by him i'm not going to shy away from that he would be on the show he yeah. talked some good shit here there but it's just it's it's embarrassing at this point the way he conducts himself and the, this is the issue now you go out in the streets and you and you see what happens and by the way can't report it but there's more that happened in MSG that has been released maybe it comes out at some point 
you, you, you talk shit and then you, you are around all these guys. Like, what do you think is going to happen at this point? And if not for that car outside that hotel, when Anthony Taylor hit him with the overhand, overhand right, uh, he would have been... He would have been dropped. Yeah, yeah, he would have been dropped. Like, what, where's the honor in, in that? No, it's not an honorable path. It's, it's the influencer. He, he has clearly chosen at a certain point to move away from actual MMA competition and into influencer fights. And he's now he has gotten the end goal. He's gotten a successful. And by the way, influencer booking. fights. He hasn't had one yet. Well, this will be the one, tweet. right? Jan- January fourteenth. That's when you guys start. really think this happens. They got a pretty cool poster made up. You got the you got the black bandana print for KSI. The the leopard print I, for Dennis. Here's what I'll say. I don't really know enough. To your point, we haven't seen Dylan Dennis really do anything related to fighting in years, right? So I don't really know enough about what the hell is going on in terms of his actual fighting career. Like, is he even still a fighter at this point? I don't know the answer to that. That will determine whether I think he's going to come to this fight. But man, it, he blew, he like, he completely blew the Jake Paul payday, right? Blew it. Call, had he, it. Had it and right blew there, it. Right there. I don't think he'll make that mistake again. I think even hell or high water. Logan Paul. Remember that? Yeah. And by the way, a bit of an indictment on KSI, now that we're talking about this nonsense, like you have Tyron Woodley just sitting there waiting for you, and well, who knows I mean, who else. And talk about you chose Dylan Dennis. I'm pretty sure the, he did a poll, and Tyron Woodley run, uh, won by like runaway fashion. And he still I mean, you chose Dylan Dennis, the guy who was in front of three years who doesn't know how to box. Well, that's a good, that's an easy opponent, right? If you're KSI, and you want to be in the conversation with Jake, imagine Jake Paul at just at this point chose Dylan Dennis. Imagine yeah, be, the shit he would get. It'd be well. It'd also, just be a bat. He would. He would hurt him. But yeah, I don't know. They, I mean, do look, you think KSI, they would sanction that fight? Yeah, I would. <laughs> I'm kidding. K- KSI is coming off a, a win against liter- like legit, like two guys off the street. So no, I, I mean, know. look, we, this is this is the the sandbox. We're all playing in the sandbox here. It's there's no Tyron Woodley's begging for a fight with KSI. Does isn't like a great look for him it's either. Not a great look. No. So I will I will agree with that. I mean, it is not a great look. They need they the the MMA fighters. If we again, if we're considering Dylan an active fighter, need KSI more than he needs them. He's he's doing them a solid. He's granting their their wish. So, well, this is the first MMA fighter that he's he's fighting. And and but Tyron Woodley's begging for it. Yeah. Dylan Dennis is. And by the way, is it even it. fair to call Dylan Dennis an MMA fighter? He's more of a BJJ guy than an MMA yeah. fighter. Fair enough. So it looks like he had a pullback on September 14th, and it was Tyron Woodley, Dylan Dennis, Slim, and Doctor Mike. Uh, oh wow. I'm oh, gonna wow. assume. Yeah, I was gonna. I'm, I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna assume that you went and voted for Doctor Mike. On this. <laughs> I actually didn't partake. I missed yeah. it. Tyrone I voted Woodley, for the uh, who won? Tyrone Woodley, thirty-eight percent. Dan is thirty-one percent. Slim, twenty percent. Doctor Mike, ten percent. Nice guy. Finished last. No respect. Yeah, man. no respect. <laughs> I'd like to see Doctor Mike versus. I think that'd be a good fight. I don't know. And and you know what? Like again, like I usually like those characters, but you know he's been a little bit of a dick to me, and I just feel like the constant bad. Here's the thing. Ultimately, what it comes down to is it's one thing to talk shit. It's another thing to talk delusional shit. Like there is no honor in trying to pick a quote-unquote fight with a Bisping uh, and a Ganu. Like guys who have legitimately accomplished things. True, and I usually shy away from using this word, but like true courageous warriors who actually went in there, risked their lives, risked their health. He doesn't do that. And – you know, he's no worse at this point than the guys who just sit there and talk shit to fighters when their parlays get busted after they lost. Like, at this point, he's no worse. And he picks the biggest name and the most unreachable fight possible, right? Like, he picks, like, a Khabib or a fight that will never happen to do that because he knows that what does it do? It, it, it generates buzz, interest, cloud, all that stuff. There's just no honor in that. If you're legitimately trying to get these fights, then 
God bless. Like, like again. But he, to your point, it was never about getting those fights. It was about getting a fight with KSI, and it worked. Do you really think that was the goal? No. It the, was Jake Paul. It was KSI. Yeah. But the goal the was— The Jake o- Paul fight was right there. Oh, he blew it. All right. So then it wasn't the goal. But— no, but my point is he he was never wanting to fight Habib. He was never wanting to fight Bisping. He was never wanting to fight any of these guys. It was all to build toward this influencer fight. Yeah. And now he's now he's got one. I can't believe we just spent the last 15 I minutes either. talking I about really this. Can't. I really can't. It's the talk. GC it went with the great Usman Nurmagomedov who yes. had this one-sided <laughs> perform. I mean, it was just like dominant. Beautiful to go to 16-0, yeah. yeah, I mean, become the lightweight champion in Bellator. Did Patric- uh, Patricky didn't even show up to that fight. Let's let's yeah. temper the expectations Us- there. Usman like, made it tough. Usman looked man. great. I'm not trying to poo-poo Usman, but like that was not a fight. That was not a great fight. Where would you rank Usman in the UFC rankings right now? Hard, yeah, right? He, he'd be up God, there. It'd be I mean, so fun if he came over with how stacked the lightweight division the... is. Give me Demir's Magula versus Usman Nurmagomedov. Oh, I feel like he's. I mean, I was gonna pull up like Charles, Dustin, Gaethje, Darius, Chandler. Know, a starter fight. You know? No, I'm just saying, like right now. Yeah, he's in the top fifteen. I don't want to be disrespectful Not... to Beltor. I hate when people do this. Like, how would this he's... guy do? You know, he wins a belt at Beltor. How would he do in the UFC? Like, he's no, top they... fifteen for sure. In my he's opinion. top fifteen. Like, well, Jalen Turner is ten. Dan Hooker is eleven. <sighs> Give me Jalen Turner, Usman Nurmagomedov. Sign me up. That would be Mateusz Gamrud, awesome. Usman Nurmagomedov, RDA. He's... Give me Usman Nurmagomedov. Anyone in the in the UFC top ten? That would be fantastic. He's in all those fights. He's in all those fights. So yeah, he's that good for sure. Where do you put Vadim Nemkov? Man, uh, that... you've got Yuri. Glover, Jan, yep. Magomed, Rakic, Smith, Jamal Hill, Nikita Krylov. Like once we get to this territory, I, I feel like he can hang with those guys. He's good, man. Yeah. He's good. That it, that performance, it, it was not the one that will get the most attention. Usman will get the most attention. But to do what he did to Corey Anderson, that ain't no joke, man. And to bounce back like that, it felt like the whole world was doubting him. It felt like everyone was just yeah. shooing uh, Corey Anderson into the into the championship. I mean. To bounce back like that, and he he did it in pretty dominant fashion. The 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 defensive wrestling, the anti wrestling to keep Corey Anderson from taking him down, the striking, he's he's up there too. He's he's a top guy. He's a top light heavyweight in the world. Do you think he beats sure. Romero? Yeah, I do. probably. Yeah, I don't think that's much of a. I'll fight, probably be, be cheering for you all though. Why? I don't know. He's fun to watch. Yeah, It'd be cool Jankies. to see him get a, a belt. Yeah. yeah. Right after all these years. I think they need. A, I think they're going with three main card fights for that CBS card. They need, they need like an AJ McKee. Ah, but you know what? AJ McKee's fighting on the New Year's he's fighting, card. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He's oh fighting no, I don't even know who they put on there. Listen, you. It's it's Thoughts and Sabatello. No, but they're fighting. Yeah, after right? No, they're fighting December. No, yeah, who do you, who do you give ninth? Say, say yeah, so turn that around. After. That's like less than two months later. You're saying you're to, saying rematch to, to fight on? No, 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 no. What the winner fight on CBS two <sighs> months later? You don't think those guys would be game for that? I mean, depends on how the fight goes. It could be. Yeah, a... depend. I'm not. Look, I'm not saying shove them in there. They they get into a war, shove them in there. But like, if one of them comes out and wins and looks pretty good, put put one of those dudes on there. They need somebody to carry the flag for the promotion. I think AJ McKee's obviously a good one for that. But uh, you know, he's fighting a, now. He's fighting even later into the into the year. Um, but yeah, I, I say do it. MVP. Hmm. Someone like uh, that. The, the MVP thing is done, man. Like, what are you talking about? He's a great fighter, but like, he's not the he's not the future of Bellator, is he? He's yeah, I know. You have around... Fedor and Ryan Bader in the main event. Neither are they. That's my point. You need somebody who is that. You need somebody who is that. Man, and honestly, a guy like Stotts. You who, know, you, who would you give Stotts? 
Sergio Pettis? Well, if Pettis, uh, yeah, I don't know what Pettis' time. I mean, that line would be is. a great story because they're friends, teammates, former teammates, whatever. But I, you know, he's coming off of What's, a pretty serious. I have no knee idea injury. about his timeline. Yeah, but either way, you're building towards something there, right? You put him on CBS now. All of a sudden, a fight—if it's Sabatello or Stotts—a fight against Pettis feels much bigger. But Jeremy I just Evelyn think, defend his belt. Mm. You need new blood. You need new blood. Don't hate that, but I don't even know who he'd fight. I'll tell you what, though. I don't, I, and, I, and I even felt this way with DC and Stipe. I don't love the retirement in a title fight situation because if Fedor wins, it's like, all right, I won the belt and yeah. now I'm out. See you. And in this scenario, I think it's fine. Because Bader's not a true heavyweight? Yeah, I mean, he's kind of floating around between two divisions. Uh, Fedor is such a legend. Like, it's not like, like, Heading into it, DC and Stipe, we we know they're on the back nine for sure, but it's not a guaranteed like I'm leaving uh, after this fight, like the way Fedor has been proclaiming it and, and everybody is proclaiming it. So I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it in this scenario. But I think it needs new blood too. I think I think we need something else on this card that's not just the old guard. Need to know? ask Jedi what the last I, – I remember there was a point where the CBS cards were doing four or five million oh, viewers. Yeah. I have no idea what this does. TV's so different now. TV's so different from 2010, which is kind of crazy. It's only been 12 years. But I'm assuming it's going to be like, I don't know, what's a good number? Two I don't million? Even, yeah, I don't even know what a good number looks like anymore. Might be. 1.5? But broad, broadcast television is is just a completely different ballgame now. And just to clarify, this is this is big dog CBS. This isn't CBS. This is big dog. This is big. The the weekend before the Super Bowl, so there's no football, right? It's during that. Oh uh, yeah, nice. So Josh and the boys will be flying over around that time, you know, to Glendale. (laughs) Um, I feel like that went over your head there for a second, GC. Where you were like, "Who's Josh?" Um, Uh, Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I thought it was someone associated with Bellator. Oh no, no, no. (laughs) Glendale. Yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, so it's a nice good time, uh, you know, in the calendar. I don't think there's the UFC pay-per-view is the following weekend, so presumably they're not going up against a big UFC event on that Saturday. Yeah. Um, but this is this is all to my point that like it can't just be another okay the same guys uh, that Bellator's always had. Uh, we watch them and then we and then tune in for their next fight. God knows when. And with Fedor, n- never, not again. So like we need somebody who they can build off. I honestly think putting Usman on the card if he's if he's down Usman, for three, somebody. three months off. I just feel like the Nurmagomedov name, now that he's a champ, he's 16-0, I feel like that has drawing power to it. I don't hate that. I think the the only reservation or issue with Usman is like the promotion around Usman is all just he's he's on Habib's team, yeah. he's, he's Habib's family. But he's Whereas also 16-0 and he's a champ. No, for sure. I, I, listen, I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing that one. I would take that one. But Stotts and Sabatello are going to sell a fight. That's that's really oh for what it sure is. I agree with that. It's just I don't know if their opponent will, depending on who it'll be. Usman against uh, Benson Henderson. It's Something fine. Like that. That's not bad. You know what? Like an Aaron Pico type. I don't know how yeah. his shoulders doing, but that's what they need. Uh, they need yeah. like a homegrown, homegrown youngster, young guy who's going to be the future of the company, and is going to like hopefully put up a highlight. Fabian Edwards, Johnny Eblen. I'm fine with that. I'm cool with that. Fabian get a little Leon love in there. Yeah, maybe good with that. Eblen back. It's been enough time for Johnny. Yeah. Uh, anything on Cyborg? Mm, probably not. Cyborg's in Ghana? Mm. Well, is Cy- Cyborg's a free agent, no? I know, but they keep saying that she's going to come back. I don't even know okay. if she is going to come back. 
but something like that. Anyway, good to see them finally back because when they went to uh, Showtime, we were all saying, or at least I was, you know, this is going to lead hopefully to a return to CBS. CBS was on board with uh, MMA back in 2008 was the first show. Prudential Center, The Rock, um, Kimbo Slice against uh, James Thompson. What a show that was. Yeah, shout out to The Rock. Shout out to The Devils. Too. Devils. Is that winning streak still going? Yeah. 12. Wow. 12. Unbelievable. Um, and as far as UFC is concerned, no no star of the weekend for for UFC? I mean... I mean, Jack. Jack Tom yeah. Silva. I'd, I'd probably Those say are my Jack. Two. I mean, the way that he went out there and just looked so good. Another first round finish. And then he comes out and he's like, not only do I want to fight on Perth, he's like, I will be fighting on Perth. I'll find a way to get on that Perth card. Uh, and I mean, if they can maybe put him as the main card opener and he gets like another first round knockout, I mean, sky's the limit for this dude. Yeah. The, uh, the boxing is so crisp. Oh my gosh. It's just like you watch it and that's all you can say is like this dude's boxing is just so crisp. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right. Well, speaking of boxing, our next guest knows a thing or two, and we'll uh, recap your picks from this weekend a little later in the show. Mr. USA, Connor, if he's still around, I don't know if he'll be uh, leaving to go watch uh, USA he's Wales. Left. Yeah. He's already left. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, very excited to talk to our next guest, our first guest of the day. Uh, he is, in my opinion, the best pound-for-pound pound male boxer on the planet. He's returning to action on December 10th. We were hoping that he was going to fight this past weekend against Errol Spence. Unfortunately, that fight didn't come to fruition, but it's always great. It's my second time talking to him. It's a pleasure and an honor to say hello to Terrence Bud Crawford, the pride of Nebraska. Hello, Terrence. How are you, my friend? Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me on the show again. Yes, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for doing this. I, I know it's a busy time for you. You've been uh, all over the place, and you're returning to action on December 10th, so I know you're training uh, very hard. You're going up against David Evanesian. Um, and it was supposed to be this weekend, my man. It was supposed to be November 19th, Errol Spence. At any point this Saturday night, this past Saturday, did you think to yourself, like, man, I should be walking to the ring right now. This should be the moment of my career. Like, Did you have a moment where you're like, shit, this should have been happening tonight? Not at all. You know, my my main focus is on David Avenesian, and that's where, you know, my focus is at right now. I'm not worrying about any other fighters at this point in time right now. Just him. Uh, you, you have, and I appreciate you saying that. Uh, I'm sure you know every time you sign up to do an interview, the majority of the questions are about Errol. Is that annoying for you that you continue to be asked about this? 
well, at times it get annoying, but, you know, I'm prepared for it and I know that it's coming. But at the same time, I just got to stay focused and, you know, uh, tunnel vision on the task at hand. And that's David Avenizi. It's also interesting because you've been a lot more out there than he has. And so I feel like you're the one taking the bullets and the arrows and he doesn't have a fight to promote right now. So I feel like he's kind of lurking in the shadows and letting you go on the front lines and, uh, you know, answer all these questions. That has to annoy you, I- I'm assuming, right? Well, it is what it is. You know, like I said, I'm moving forward with my career. You know, um, me and Arrow, if that fight happened, it, it will happen next year. Um, I just don't like the fact that a lot of people is blaming me for trying to make the fight. That was That's about it, but... Like I said, my my main focus is not on Arrow right now. My mm-hmm. main focus is on David Avenisian, and that's, you know, who I'm fighting December 10th, and that's my main focus and my main priority. Can I ask you, who is to blame for this fight not happening? Who do you blame? Listen, I just blame, you know, the, the business of boxing. That's it. The business of boxing. Do you, do you blame yourself at all, or is it all on his team, Al Heyman? I, I saw your video. I saw Instagram Live. I saw the whole thing. Is it 100% in your opinion on them? I don't blame myself for not one portion of the fight not being made. It feels like you tried to do everything in your power, and especially with you not being tied to top rank anymore, to make this happen. And so correct me if I'm wrong, would you place 100% of the blame on their side of the the fence? Of course. You know, um, I felt like I agreed to everything that I needed to agree to. I felt like... I've done everything that I was supposed to do as, you know, an independent fighter and get that fight made. So it's only so much that I can do. Was there ever a point where you thought this was going to happen? Like where you thought you were on the one yard line and you guys were finally going to bring this home? Like, was there a point? Because the way it was being reported was this is all but done. Internally, did you ever feel that way or did you know better? Well, internally, I, I felt like the fight was already already done. Wow. I felt like it was gonna be, you know, me me versus him. But as time passed, I knew that, you know, there was other plans and other things standing in the way of us fighting at that particular date. Did you feel like him and his team never really truly wanted to make this fight happen? Like they were just kind of, you know, sending you the paperwork. It, it took weeks as you said like just all the 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 roadblocks did you feel like they were kind of doing this for the media attention and all that but truly deep down they had no intention of making the fight happen no i think he wanted to fight i think he you know really wanted to fight i think he still wanted to fight but you know i don't know what's going on in you know his team or or whatnot only thing i can do is speak for myself and my team you mentioned that you're an independent fighter now, so you're no longer with Bob Ironman and Top Rank. Can I ask, ultimately, why did you decide to go out on your own? Well, more opportunities. You know, I can be independent and I can go on any platform and, you know, display my skills and, you know, prove that I'm the best fighter in the world without having any roadblocks or anything standing in the way from me. Um accomplishing the things that I want to accomplish in the sport of boxing. So you are your own promoter now, right? Yes. Did you consider going with anyone? Like, you know, 
maybe the Eddie Hearns of the world, this guy, that guy. Did anyone try to give you like a strong pitch to join their stable? Well, you know, it's one thing of joining somebody's stable, you know, for a one fight or two fight deal. But me, myself, at this point in time in my career, I don't feel like I need to be tied down to a promotional company for, you know, a number out of years or four fights, three fights, unless it's, you know, worth my time. I remember that presser where you were sitting right next to Bob and you were saying some things that you were unhappy with. Um, do you feel like you have, uh, I guess, for lack of a better word, animosity towards top rank now? Like, do you feel like they did wrong by you towards the end? Not at all. I don't have any animosity or any hate towards them. You know, I still go to top rank events. I still go to their shows. And, and that's that. Business is business at the end of the day. How do you feel about Bob? Well, you know, Bob is Bob. You know, I don't have no ill will feelings towards him. You know, it is what it is. Would you suggest that more fighters do this? Do you think it would be better for boxing if more fighters went independent? Well, yeah. You, it, at a point of time in your career, right. it would be better for boxers, but not starting off, no. Sure. Was this always part of your plan? Like, did you always know at some point you would break free and do things on your own? Uh, not really. That never was in my plan until, you know, things start moving a, a certain way. And then that's when, you know, we had to come to the conclusion that we got to do things on our own and stop waiting for people to do things for us. If Errol Spence was independent as well, do you think this fight happens? 100%. Hmm. So maybe the blame is on his, uh, his promoter. Well, you know, they they doing what's best for him. They supposedly trying to put him in. They trying to put him in the best position, possibly. You know, and I don't blame them. Uh, that's what you know. Managers and advisors is there for. That's why you have a team, a strong team, for them to, you know, always have you in the the driver's seat. Uh, at any point, did you call him on the? I know I saw you guys tweeting each other, but be like, yo, let's talk. Man to man, let's figure this out on our own. Did you guys ever have any conversations in private like that? Well, I called him, as you know, you know, and that was that. Okay. But enough with enough with Arrow. Let's talk about. All right, Jim all right. Dave. I mean, it's just it's it's a bit of a bummer. I'm sorry for for you know harping on it, but uh, we were all so excited, and 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 I don't blame you, by the way. That fight. I don't blame you yeah, one that fight, bit. That fight. That fight is in the past now, you know what I mean, until it, it becomes present. You Fair know, enough. Like the present fight right now, me versus David Avenesian, and that's, you know, who the the key focus should be on right now. Uh, what concerns you about David? What, uh, you know, because, again, people want to know if you're going to be tested, right? They, they say, okay, Errol, we know who he is. Maybe David isn't uh, a known name to the casual boxing fans. So if you can give us some insight into like what you need to look out for when you fight him on December 10th. Well, Davis is very tricky. You know, he, he's been around boxing for a long time. He knows, he's no, he knows what he's doing in the ring. Uh, he's very strong. He's very powerful. Uh, he's very crafty and uh, he's hungry and determined. Those are the guys that you got to watch out for. Like I've been saying, for a long time, you can't overlook any opponents just because of their record. Um, he's he's 
he's got something to prove. He got a lot to gain. So for me to go in there not 110% prepared is, you know, making for a huge upset mm-hmm. on his behalf. But for me, I'm going in there like I'm fighting any other fighter. I'm training 200%, you know, hard as I can to make sure that December 10th, I get that victory. This fight is going to be available on Black Prime, right? Um, what but, is what is Black Prime? I, I will be honest, I wasn't familiar with it before you made the announcement. Well, BOK is a, a platform that is kind of like an app, you okay. know, kind of like uh, its own uh, ESPN Plus, you know, and it's, and it's given us fighters, you know, the platform to actually become our own bosses, you know, um, for us to take back, you know, what's ours and get the lion's share of the deal. I like that. Instead of, you know, um, the promoters and everybody just out there. If you notice, you know, there haven't been a lot of promoters or a prom- the, the, the owners of BLK in the media. You know, they want to give the attention all to the boxers. You know, the boxers get all the attention. The boxers get the lion's share. The boxers get the, you know, basically you know, define their destiny yeah. on, you know, making the big fights happen and getting paid doing it. I love that. That is tremendous. And is this the first boxing match to happen on that platform or event? Yes. Okay. Yeah. W- will you, like... The... Well, I don't... The, 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 I would say the biggest Got event. Got it. All right. And did you sign, like, a multi-fight deal with them or is it just, you know one off and then we'll see what happens next. It's a one fight deal, you know, a partnership. Okay. Um, we're gonna see what happens, you know, next. We're gonna move accordingly to, you know, get this fight out the way right now and then, you know, we're gonna sit about down at the table. We're gonna see what makes sense for Terrence Crawford and his career after this fight. Uh, first time fighting back in Nebraska, your home state, since 2018. Uh, is there a different level of pressure, of uh, buzz, hype that comes with that? I'm assuming. I mean, you're you're you could run for you know governor of Nebraska and and win. You could run for mayor of your town and win. You're beloved there, unlike so many others. I'm wondering if there's uh, just like a you know some some fighters don't like to fight at home because there's like people hitting you up and tickets and all that. For you, how is it? It's always pressure. If you um been, you know, um reporting and you know, following my career, I always have pressure on my back, you know, to to display uh my talent against certain fighters in certain um arenas. So the pressure, I'm used to it. I've been here before, I'm comfortable, uh in hostile situations. So this is nothing new to me. So okay. I'm very comfortable at this point in time. Uh, I saw on your Instagram, you recently uh, took a photo. It seemed like you had some sort of meeting with Jay-Z, the great Jay-Z. Uh, could you tell us what, what that was about? I was just a chilling, you know. We were just talking as 
two brothers. That was it. Your was that your first time hanging with them, or do you have a, a relationship with them? Oh, that was actually my first time hanging with them. You know. What was that like? I mean, that's an icon. That's a legend right there. It's cool. You know, it was cool. He give you adv- business advice. I mean, that man has built an empire. Yeah, we talked a little bit about a little bit of everything. Okay. You know? uh, speaking of your Instagram, I saw you in a Batmobile recently is that yours or was that someone it looked like a batmobile it looked like something like that you know what i'm talking about yeah i think that was um that's uh uh me and actually a friend of mine was out in vegas and you know he took me to go see a couple of his friends vehicles and oh i thought you you, i thought you owned that nah nah Nah, it's too it's too, it's too clogged up in there. Yeah. No, yeah, it does look a little tight. It's tremendous, though. You look great in it. Um, you were also at a UFC event in Dallas, UFC 277. I saw you take a photo with uh, another Nebraska guy, uh, Anthony Smith, another one, Drew Dober. Um, wh- why were you there? Did you go specifically to support them? Were you just in town? And what did you think of the event? Well, I was actually in town, so... Um... I was actually in town, so I got invited. Well, I got invited to go. Uh-huh. And once I uh, knew which one it was, I was like, man, I got two two of my friends that's fighting on the car, you know? So, you know, you kill two birds and one stone so you can get out there and support, you know, two fellow Omahaans and at the same time enjoy, you know, two icon women's going head to head and yeah. a main event fight. Uh, was that your first UFC event? Nah. Oh, uh, you, not, not okay. Do you like the show that they put on? Like the event? Do you think that uh, it's a good show? Do you enjoy it? It's a little bit different than boxing, like, right? Different energy. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But like I said, you know, um, I've been to numerous of UFC events, you know, so this wasn't the first time that I've attended to a UFC event. And, you know, it was it was it was great to see the support that those two females had fighting in the main event. You know, uh, it was it was it was a great event all around. Yeah. Um, before you came on, we were talking about uh, this guy KSI. Do you know KSI? Are you familiar with him and all these yeah. dudes that you? How do you feel about all this stuff going on right now? It's like every weekend. This past weekend, we had Greg Hardy against Asim Rahman Jr. Uh, he outweighed him by like 94 pounds, so not exactly a fair fight. He he beat Rahman Jr. But I'm just wondering, like, how do you, as someone who is so respected, number one pound for pound, when you see all this other stuff, fan, not a fan, how do you feel about it? Well, I can't I can't knock the next man for putting food on his family table. So you know, it's entertainment at the end of the day. They just going in there to entertain the fans. And if the fans are going to pay them to entertain them, then, you know, so be it. Do you watch it? Uh, no, nah, not really. Okay. Not really. Did you see... Uh... I, I actually, the real fighters, you know, not saying that these guys not real fighters because they getting in the ring and putting their life on the line just like any other fighter that's been doing it for a number of years. But at the same time, you know, it's a different skill set it's a different skill level and um there's actually you know weights and you know things that properly go into having a, a real fight what about jake paul how do you feel about his progression as a fighter 
Well, Jake Paul, you, when, when you look at Jake Paul, he's been, you know, trainer for years. He's been fighting without, you know, headgear and fighting in the back of his yard, mm-hmm. you know. So um, Jake Paul is definitely uh, became, you know, uh, a professional in the sport. You know, I just want to see him actually fight a, a real fighter mm-hmm. at this point in time. Is there someone that comes to mind that you'd love to see him against? Uh, just any any real boxer. Boxer, right? That's just you know, not 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 an MMA fighter that you're bigger than, or somebody your weight. You know, get the, get him a real fight. Okay. Just see, you know, test him out. Not 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 somebody in the top ten. You know, just 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 a real fighter. You know that we can say, okay, Jake. You know, you fought such and such, and he's ranked 15 or something. And you can gauge from there. And, and I could see, I could see, or foresee the MMA fans getting fired up. When you say real fighter, I think you mean real boxer, right? Because you're not saying that the MMA right. fighters aren't real fighters, but just ones who specifically train in boxing because right. it's a completely different sport, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, because you got, you got, you know, um, John Jones and. Anderson Silva, that's, you know, did great things in the sport of UFC, and they was good on their hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Standing. So by far, I'm not saying that they're not real fighters. I'm just saying as a boxer. Right. You know. Um, pretty big layoff for you. How do you feel about that? Uh, I, w- I, w- I would have liked to fight sooner. Yeah. But at the same time, like I said before, it was my, you know, idea not to go into 2023 without a fight this year. And that's my standpoint on, you know, this fight happening. Uh, I just wanted to fight. That's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. How many fights do you think you have next year? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I really can't call it. You know, my main focus is staying healthy and you know, one fight by uh, one fight at a time, and you know, continue to grow in the sport of boxing, as well as you know, take them how they come. Uh, we'll we'll let you go on this true or false question. Okay, it's just a very simple true or false. One day, Errol Spence will fight Terence Crawford. Hopefully, <laughs> that that wasn't an option, Terence. It was true or false. Um, I'm just saying, I can't I can't say if it's true or false. Only thing I can say, if if you was to ask me one day would Terrence Crawford want to fight Earl Spence, I would say true. Yeah, well, we knew but that, yeah. But if that fight don't, yeah, I can't say if a fight is true or false, if it happens or not. Anything can happen in, in today's society. How do you win on December 10th? Just being me. I just got to go in there, me, fight my fight, stay composed stay uh, disciplined and, you know, continue to do what I've been doing best. And that's, you know, winning. Well, always great to watch you fight. I'm a huge fan and uh, we missed you this year. So it's great that you're able to uh, squeeze one in before the end of the year. And uh, I wish you the best. Thank you for coming on. It's going to be a great scene December 10th in Omaha. And hopefully uh, we get to see you multiple times in 2023. And and maybe, I won't say his name, but in, in a big fight against another guy who's around your weight. So that would be tremendous. Appreciate you doing this. And, and, and thanks for uh, entertaining all my Spence questions. Sorry for having to bring him up so many times. You know how it is. I'm sure you understand.
Right, right, right. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, my man. There he is, Terrence Crawford. Bud Crawford, number one pound for pound in the great sport of boxing. Great to have him on the program. And yes, he is uh, returning to action on December the 10th at the CHI Health Center in Omaha, Nebraska against David Avenisian. Uh, that is December 10th for the WBO welterweight title. And yes, December 10th, if that sounds familiar, is the same night as the last UFC pay-per-view of the year. So some tough competition there. And I guess it's called BLK Prime, right? Not Black Prime? Thanks, guys. You're welcome. That's what he seemed to say. Thanks for correcting me on that earlier. It kind of felt dumb when I said oh, Black Prime. Oh, good research. Well, I mean, it says BLK. I thought it was just like, did Black you know? Black Prime. Yeah, I mean... Didn't you think it was blkprime.com? I don't know. I wasn't going to jump in the middle of the interview to correct you. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been nice. Uh, felt a little dumb there. Uh, but anyway, always great to talk to one of the very best. And we'll move along now and speak to a... This week on The Gray Area, Professor Diana Posulka and I tackle one of life's biggest questions. Are we alone in the universe? What would it take for you to step off the agnostic ledge and say... Yeah, aliens are real. Is it a spacecraft landing on the White House lawn? Well, something that was anomalous in 1952 did fly over the White House, and that's one of those cases that is still weird. <laughs> that's This Week on the Gray Area, available wherever you get your podcasts. First-timer on the program. I'm very excited to talk to her. She is uh, quite the personality and on quite the winning streak. She has won her last... Three fights in a row. She was victorious on Saturday, defeating Maria Oliveira via unanimous decision. She has won Vanessa Demopoulos. Crystal Vanessa Demopoulos joining us right now via the Magic of Zoom. Hello. By the way, is it Crystal or Vanessa? What are we going with? It's whatever you want to call me. Like, my first name's Crystal, but I go by Vanessa, so call me Vanessa, but it is Crystal. Okay. <laughs> uh, Crystal, or I could do uh, CVD. That could be cool. CVD. Um, so good to have you on the show, by the way. And am I a man of my word or not? I did see you in Phoenix just a few weeks ago, and I said, all goes well. You're on the show. Here you are on the show. Yes. So tell the world. Am I a man of, the, of my that word? That was so awesome. I totally got to see you um, at the Jake Paul Anderson Silva fight uh, during the media day. And I like went up to you, and you had such a beautiful family with you, by the way. Thank you. And you definitely held true to your promise. You were like, win your fight and I'll see you on the show. And here we are. By the way, did you go to the fight? The Jake Paul Anderson Silva fight? I did. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. I loved it. Okay. It was awesome. I honestly thought that um, Anderson won the fight, but I could see how they gave it to Jake, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I know. It was a yeah. close one, especially, you know, eighth round. But uh, we don't need to talk about that. Let's talk about you. Tremendous win. Three in a row for you now. How do you feel about what you did on Saturday? Very impressive, very dominant. What did you think? Yeah, I felt like that was uh, just a perfect game plan and execution with my team. Um, my coach, Santino DeFrango, was just right on top of everything. Um, he was giving me such awesome advice uh, right before I walked out there in between the rounds. Um, he really stayed steady and helped me to keep my mind in the right space so I could execute the game plan. Do you feel, you know, now few fights in the UFC, winning streak in the UFC. You've, this is like old hat for you, right? Like now you're at home. You're no longer a newcomer, right? Do you feel fully comfortable in the UFC, in the octagon? Absolutely, I do. Yes. Um, 
I, even like the first time that I walked in there, I was like, wow, like this is where I belong. And now getting to solidify that being undefeated in the straw weight division of the UFC. Um, it's just amazing. It's amazing. So since going back down to straw weight, which I had a last minute opportunity and went up in my first fight, um, I haven't lost at straw weight thus far in the UFC. Do you regret that? I mean, now it, it feels like it was so long ago, but sometimes maybe in the moment it's like, uh, first impression, that's not what I wanted. It wasn't my weight class, you know, didn't get the W. Now we see the real you, you're doing very well. But like at that point, were you regretting it that you took that fight on short notice in a different weight class? Not at all. Okay. Not at all. Um, JJ was a super tough opponent. And I think that I showcased some really awesome skills. Uh, I toughed it out. It went all the way to the decision. I didn't get finished. It was only a one week's notice. And I was really proud of that entire performance, even though I didn't win. Okay, but strawweight is your home, obviously. The one thing is, I you know, I have to be honest, and I saw you talk about this in the post-fight presser. I mean, your personality, your energy at the apex is such a waste. I mean, you could get the fans <laughs> excited. Enough of this apex nonsense, all right? We need to get you out there, right? We need to get you on a pay-per-view. We need to get you in crowds, big arenas, getting people hyped up, right? Do you agree with me? Let's go. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like, I mean, the apex is cool, you know, and like, I I'm glad I got to get my feet wet there, but I'm ready for these bigger shows. I'm yes. ready for these main cards. I'm ready for these pay-per-views. Like I'm, I'm nipping at the heels over here. Like put me in coach, put me in, you know, I feel like a dog on a chain trying to get out there and it's amazing. I love it. Like, are you guys not entertained? Yes. You know, like yeah. I want to have some fun. Give me a crowd. Oh, the crowd would love you. And you got a taste of it at UFC 270. And I'm sure that got you super amped and then you go back to the apex like yeah you know it's like sitting in first class once you experience that it's hard to go back to coach right right you know the vibe i know you the know vibe. the vibe yeah i'm very excited to be able to move forward and now um uh, being on a three-fight win streak um amongst these ladies hopefully i've showcased enough and we'll see what happens from here i mean i'm very grateful for where i am no matter what but yeah Put me on, coach. So uh, I, I would love, and I know you've talked about this before, but you have such an interesting backstory, if you don't mind. This is our first time speaking. So if we could go back to the beginning. Your, your childhood, how would you describe it? How would you say, like, your upbringing was like? Um, I'd say I was a very aggressive child. Uh, I got into a lot of fights in school. Um, I was raised by my grandparents, and uh, I think, like, yeah, I kind of, I don't know, had some trying times, I would say, growing up. Why were you raised by your grandparents? Uh, my mom was an entertainer and my dad was a DJ in the exotic entertainment industry. So, uh, yeah, mom was a stripper. Dad was a DJ at the strip club. Let's just say it wasn't uh, the prettiest of scenes for them. And um, so they had me and I was raised by my grandparents. I turned 18. I started dancing myself, became a stripper and just got to retire actually a year ago now. Wow. Thanks to the UFC, which is awesome. And and did you have a relationship with your parents as you were growing up? Okay. Yeah, they were my best friends. Yeah. You... I loved I loved my dad so much. Um, he's no longer with us. Loved my dad. Um, super cool with my mom. Great relationship with them. But they just, I guess, wouldn't be like parent material. Got it. And did you have siblings? Yeah, I have a, a sister who's a year and a half younger than me and a brother who's like seven years younger than us. And did they also grow up with your grandparents? Yeah, all of us did. Yeah. Okay. And and how old were you when you realized what they did for a living? Um, I'd say very young. Yeah. Like my, my parents were super transparent about everything. 
Like they didn't really hide a lot. And I don't think that they could hide things if they wanted to. So I, I was exposed to maybe a little bit more than I should have been at a super young age. But I think that it also kind of helped to like shape me as I am with how like honest and transparent I am as well. You know, okay. I'm very upfront. I'm very like who I am. Like I am what you get, you know, like this is me. And they gave me a lot of confidence in that because it didn't matter like what the situations were that they were experiencing or that I was going through. I knew that I was loved for exactly as I was, um, no matter what. So it gave me a lot of confidence to be able to be everything that I am. And when you say that even if they wanted to hide it, they couldn't, why do you think that is? Um, well, I think that like when you just live like that type of a lifestyle, you know, like, uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Like it's, was it that, that's who was it are. really like that? Was yeah. it like that intense? Yeah, it was. Wow. It, it really was. Yeah, it really was. Um, a lot of partying, you know, a lot of people over at the house all the time, you know, like loud music constantly. Um, yeah, it, it really was that. And how did they meet? Uh, at the club. Oh, wow. Yeah, my mom was in a and my dad was a DJ at the club. Okay, yeah. wow. That is how they, that is, that is. And, <laughs> and you said when you were 18, that's when you got into dancing as well. And by the way, can I ask maybe a, a stupid question? I apologize. But is there a difference between entertainer, dancer, stripper? You, you mentioned stripper. Like, is there a difference or is it just a different way to say the same thing? It's a different way to say the same thing. Okay. So exotic entertainer is like the most polite way to say it, the most polite professional way to say it. Um, a dancer is another way, but everyone's like, oh, so what kind of dancer were you? Got it. Well, I was a stripper. Got it. You know? Yeah. And, and you got... But I was also like very, very experienced um, with the pole dancing. I right. was like an aerialist, which if you could say that. Yeah. So it was like a passion of mine. It was super athletic and artistic. Who taught you that? I was self-taught. No way. Wow. Yeah. So did you have a pole at your house? <laughs> I do. I have one now. Okay. I got my pole after I retired because I was like, I still love pole dancing. I just don't want to be in the clubs anymore. Sure. But how yeah. did you teach yourself? <laughs> um, By going to work every day. So I honestly, I would try the craziest tricks on like a Saturday night when the clubs were totally full and I'm at the top of the pole doing the craziest things and hoping I don't slip and fall and die. Oh my God. So that was pretty cool. Did you ever fall? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You fall one time because you either learn or you don't make it. So I Respect. did fall one time. What? Did it hurt? Yeah. It, like, like hell. I had the worst concussion I think I probably ever had falling off the pole. Really? You fell on your head? Yeah. I fell straight down. It was almost two stories. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you were, were you out cold? Um, I instantly woke up and ran and then, um, I like had like this giant bag of ice on my head and I like fell asleep on the bag of ice. Oh my so gosh. like, that's how I knew that I badly concussed. Uh, so worse yeah. than anything you ever felt in fighting. Yeah. For oh my sure. gosh. See, <laughs> a lot of respect. Now you said you got into it at age 18. Why, why did you decide to do that at 18? Um, honestly, I was like at the club with uh, my friends at the time. And I was like, man, like this just looks like so much fun. Like they're dancing. Um, you get to smile. You get to just like be wild and crazy and energetic and fun. And people are just throwing money at you. Yeah. So for me, it just looked like the most like positively reinforcing atmosphere. And I was like, this is this looks like a good time. I'm going to do this. 
So I started dancing and my dad, uh, when I told my family about it, my dad was like, man, I wish you wouldn't, but if you're going to, here's how you become a professional. Here's how you like you do it the right way and don't make the same mistakes that we made. So my dad really taught me like how to hustle and make money in the industry. And then from there, I actually wrote a book about it. So that was kind of cool too. Wow. And, and if I can ask, like, what were some of the do's and don'ts that he told you? Um, well, when I first started, he was like, think of a list of things that you would never do for money and don't do them. And then that way at the end of your career, you can actually look at yourself in the mirror and be proud of what you've become. Wow. And it's true. Yeah. So I never compromised my morals and values, um, amongst the industry. And I was dancing for like 13 years. Wow. And, And when did you write the book? I wrote the book, I don't know, a long time ago, like back in like 2016 or something of that nature. And, yeah. and what is the book called? It's called Stripper Bible. Wow. So it's a how-to for the exotic entertainers. Because like my dad helped me, but like girls don't help each other in that atmosphere. Like it's a shark tank, you know, like everyone's just trying to bury the other person. So I wrote the book so I could help other girls that actually wanted to learn how to make money without compromising their values. And is it on Amazon? Like, could I buy it today if I want to? Where, where can people get it? Yeah, you can get it on my Shopify. Um, that's in the link in my bio. That's tremendous. <laughs> and did you sell a lot of copies? Yeah. I did. I did. I usually sell them to clubs and like they buy them in bulk and then they give them to the new girls that are starting. Wow. So like you wrote the Bible. Legit. I, I wrote the Bible for strippers. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it's like all just do, it's not so much like a biography. It's just, you know, like a, a do's and don'ts. Yeah. This is, this is how to be an exotic entertainer. And yes. why, why did you I wrote do the that? How to. Why, why did you I'm feel, sorry? why did you feel compelled to do that? Um, I feel like, you know, like I, I would never tell somebody to go and be an entertainer ever. Like I don't condone, like, I'm not going to be like, Hey, go do this. But so many girls do, you know, it's one of like the oldest industries in the entire world. And um, I feel like if they're going to do this, like at least have your head on on your shoulders, you know, like do it the right way. And um, like I said, I got to look at myself at the in the mirror at the end of the day and just have pride in who I am as a person. And I want to be able to give that gift forward to other girls as well. And so you did it for 13 years, as you said, uh, in one city, one place, or did you move around? No, I was, I was uh, countrywide. Yeah. Wow. Everywhere from like New York to Miami. Um, the last clubs that I worked at were here in Las Vegas, actually where I'm at right now. Okay. And, uh, just curious, like, did you ever feel unsafe? Did you ever feel like you were in a tough spot? No, there's bouncers there. Okay. Um, we're really secure in the atmospheres, especially if you're working at the right clubs. So ultimately, how did you get into MMA? So there was actually um, a manager at one of the clubs I was working at in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, he was like, you know, if you put half that skill that you put towards the pole, towards something like fighting, you might do something with your life. And I was like, well, teach me how to fight. And he's like, you know, people go to the gym to get away from people like you. Uh, And I was like, if you teach me how to fight, I promise I'll behave and I'll listen. I'll be respectful. And he did. He became my first MMA coach for like five years. No way. The bouncer? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was the manager at the club. Oh, manager! Yeah. Excuse so me. He would, he would manage me at night and then coach me during the daytime. Wow! And and so you had no background in any of this. No, none. I didn't even know like what like MMA fighting was. Like I got into a lot of fights in school. I actually got kicked out of four schools in one calendar year. Why? Mainly for fighting. Why? Why I were was, you fighting so much? I was, 
I'm just an angry child. Why were you so <laughs> angry? So much rage. Oh. I don't know. And <laughs> was it just like girl? Was it was it mainly girl fights, or were you fighting guys too? No, I was only. I could only fight guys. What? I wasn't allowed to hit girls. What is? What do you mean you weren't allowed to hit girls? You were allowed to hit guys. <laughs> Who would say you're not allowed to hit girls, but you can hit the guys? My uh, my grandmother told me to never hit a girl. Oh so, my god! She didn't want to get sued. I was I was very strong. I like played football in school. Like I wanted to wrestle, but the school wouldn't let me wrestle. Like tackle yeah. football. I was always like a tough kid. Were you playing tackle football? Yeah, with the guys. Jesus. Yeah. And who who are the guys punching you? Um. Well, I usually start the fights. Ah. So, but then, like you know, they're not gonna just like take a hit. So then I'd get hit back, and some fights I'd win, some fights I'd lose, and yeah, it was kind of crazy. Did you ever get seriously hurt? No, not in school. No, okay. not street fighting. So you you start to train, and I'm sure like your your agility, your mobility, all that stuff comes into play, right? The stuff that you learn from dancing comes into play, especially on the ground. Everything. When you start to think like, wow, I could actually do this for a living. Like this is something that I want to do. I will tell you, I still to this day remember the very first day that I ever trained. And it was so difficult. I almost passed out like four times. And I told myself like, you know what? You're, this is either going to be one of those things that you look back on and say, I could have done it. Like, or you, you take this seriously and you knuckle down and you make this happen or you never do this again. Wow. It was so hard. It was so hard. I was like, this is really dumb. I don't want to do this. So I took it serious right away. And w- so why'd you keep yeah. going? Like, why, why didn't you say, nah, forget about this? Um, I, because, you know, I have a little brother who looks up to me and I thought about him a lot. And I was like, you know, like if he was watching me, like, I want to set a good example for him. I want to show him that like, we can overcome adversities. Like we can turn our stories that we went through into something great, you know, and be able to like help each other through this. And it started with him and it became bigger than him. But that is like a main driving force for me. Like, I want to show people, like, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what your story is. Like, you can create greatness through it, you know, and you you can overcome adversities and make your story something that's like worthwhile. So it's one thing to just, you know, keep training, keep powering through. It's another to become a pro MMA fighter. Why did you make that transition? I literally love fighting. (laughs) I literally love it so much. And uh, you know how they say, like, if you do something that you love, you never have to actually work. Well, that's a lie. Um, There is a lot of like work in it. But at least when I go to work every day, I'm smiling and I'm excited to actually be there. So this is like the only thing I've ever wanted to do since I can remember. Like, I just love fighting that much. And, And so there was a period there where you were fighting and dancing. Did you ever have to go, like, did you ever have, like, a black eye or bumps, and you had to take some time off, and did that affect you, or would you show up even all beat up? Oh, I'd show up beat up. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that is amazing. There was times where, like, I'd have to, like, tape up my leg, and then I'd wear, like, a sock over my uh, leg just so that they the tape. Um, or, like, if I had, like, a fat lip, then I'd put, like, extra lip liner on the other side just to, like, even the, it out. Oh, my God. Um. If I had like one time, oh my gosh, I remember one of the fights I had so many stitches on my eyes right here oh my. that um, I could only put makeup in so many places. So I wore gla- like uh, glasses, like reading glasses yeah. with thick frames. 
to kind of like cover the stitches. Like I got really creative with wow. uh, my makeup skills. Yeah. And so when did you retire? <laughs> A year ago. Um, I retired December of last year. So it's literally been a year that I've been retired now. So you, th there was a period where you were in the UFC and still dancing. For, yes, yes. Up until um, the end of my camp to my second UFC fight. Okay. Did anyone recognize you? Uh, unfortunately, yeah. Oh like, <laughs> people started seeing me um, locally. And that, that was another reason. I was like, yeah, I, sh I can't do this anymore. Okay. Did yeah. the UFC say anything about it? No. Um, I, I mean, I came into the UFC as a stripper. Yeah. So but they, they didn't say, that. like, we prefer if you don't do this now that you're in the UFC. No, nobody told that to me. Okay. Well, that's respectable. And, and so ultimately you decided... To walk away from that, why? Because you felt like it just wasn't good for you or was it taking too much? Probably you're staying up late, right? You're not getting a lot of rest, all that stuff. No, it was the worst. Okay. Um, the, the staying up late, you know, the uh, constant stimulation, overstimulating your nervous system that late at night. Like I'd get home, I couldn't sleep. Um, right. My body automatically wakes up so early for training that it's like, even if I go to sleep late, I was only getting three hours of sleep because I'd automatically wake up. Wow. And it just wasn't good for me in a lot of aspects. You know, I, I have to give a lot of my emotional energy to the job. And I'm like, I just want to focus on fighting. So I took a risk, actually. Um, I really didn't have the money to quit, but I believed in myself enough. And I was like, I'm going to make this happen no matter what. So I burned the bridge and I walked away. And are, are you a little more comfortable now? Are you kidding me? I okay. love my life right now. Okay, okay. I, I get to fight full time. I get to train all day long. Um, I'm an analyst for UFC Fight Pass. I get to commentate for jujitsu. I get to travel around and do all these amazing things now thanks to fighting. That is amazing. So no um, interest, no aspirations. You'll never go back to that other life. No aspirations whatsoever. None. Okay. Yeah. Um, in fact, even on the way to this fight um, on Saturday, we had to go past the club that I used to work at oh to get gosh. there from the New York, New York over to the Apex. And I didn't even want to look at it. And it's not because like they, they served me really well while in the time that I was there, but I didn't want that energy. Got you it. know, I'm like that, that life is so far behind me. Yeah. Do you get annoyed? Like I asked you a bunch of questions today. Does that bother you? Would you rather people not know that side of you? Not at all. I love it. Um, I think that it's something that does need to be talked about. And I mean, what an interesting topic. You yeah, know, I, I think the world is very curious and I don't mind talking about it. Uh, but I think it's also really cool that I get to talk about it as my past. Can I ask you, and I don't mean this in a, a disrespectful way, but are there similarities between being a fighter and a stripper in that you're an independent contractor, right? I mean, you probably have a little more freedom, I would imagine, maybe as a stripper, just because you can bounce around. UFC, you can't bounce around. But like the values that you learned there in terms of business values to the values, like, is there any similarity there at all? So many. Oh, okay. So many I thought you were going to tell me like, people... no, that's a horrible question. But uh, I appreciate, okay, <laughs> my instincts were right. So many similarities people don't even recognize. Um, being an entertainer, like we are in a fight sport. And that's just like one aspect of what we do. Like we, you know, you got to be on top of the world and entertainment is the name of the game when it comes to the UFC. Um, also being able to like pay people, like it's a dream of mine to be able to like pay people enough 
that one day, like I am the business and I get to like support other people off of the work that I get to do. And as a dancer, like we have to tip everyone out at the end of the night. Like I love paying my coaches. I love paying my managers. Like I love paying people um, that get to help me on this journey, you know, and like even being an athlete, like as an entertainer, I had to dance so much and it was such a physically demanding job. Same as fighting. Yeah. Like I train so much. Like 15 minutes inside the octagon is just a blip of what the world gets to see. But it's constant, constant movement all the time. And I'm so acclimated to that thanks to my job as an entertainer where I was dancing for six to eight hours a night, constant, constant movement. Yeah. So it's like dancing helped me so much so as a fighter that people don't even recognize. By the way, at the end of the night, entertainers have to tip people? Absolutely, we do. Yeah, we're independent contractors. We tip the DJs, we tip um, uh, the bartenders, we tip the floormen. Um, I tip out girls who have helped me, who like pull me over to different customers. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I never thought of that. Oh, that's amazing. All right, so uh, the career is going well. The previous career is in the rearview mirror. You've now won three in a row. Is there someone that you have in mind now that you're on this streak at 115? I don't have anybody particular in mind. Okay, no um, I kind of let my manager do his job because he does a better job than I do. So yeah. I just I didn't know if you were watching and be like, I'd love to test myself against that person. I think that person could give me, you know, this, anything like that. Yeah. Nobody to call out right now. All right. No problem. No problem. You're too respectful. You're too nice to do that. And I appreciate that very much. <laughs> I did love how fired up you were. I saw the video after the fight. You were like, I was the underdog and no one believes in me. And I went, you were all fired up after the fight. I liked it. That was nice. I was the underdog again this fight. Like by the time, by the time the lines closed, we were even. Uh-huh. And I think like that's cool. Like thanks for the respect, guys. Because again, when the lines opened this time on the betting lines, I was like a plus one twenty or something like that. I'm like, guys, what's up, man? Yeah. Like everybody is counting me out, and I love it. Like that's good. make yeah. me the underdog. Let me continue to show you guys wrong. You know, like this is cool for me. <laughs> That's fine. I love it. It's good. Keep sneaking up on people. Keep getting those wins. Uh, by the way, who's better at catching you, Rogan or Bisping? Man, Bisping kind of redeemed himself a little bit this last time. Yeah. Yeah. Like he went to he go knew it was coming. Like, hey, man, round two. Yeah, yeah. He knew it was coming though. So I guess you have to compare like first time to first time. Sounds like you're you're leaning towards Rogan first time. I mean, Rogan's cool. Yeah. Rogan's cool. But wow. this thing did redeem himself. He held me really tight this he, yeah, time. That yeah. was dope. He did a good So yeah. this is your thing. No matter who's the the post-fight interviewer, they now just have to be ready. This is happening. Yes. Be be mentally prepared. Be mentally prepared. I thought Paul Felder was going to walk in there because Bisping already did it once. Right, right. So I was like trying to like close the circles, you know? You were disappointed like, it was like Bisping. Like Apple Watch at the end of the day when like you have like the yes, rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. trying to close the yeah. You were disappointed it was Bisping. You could tell us the truth. You were disappointed. You're like, oh, no, I love Bisping. Okay. I love Bisping. Yeah. Ru- you know, I was just ready to jump in Michael Felder uh, in Paul Felder's arms. Uh, I would never be in that spot, obviously. I, I don't work on the shows, but <laughs> would it be rude? Like, you know, I have the suit. You're all sweaty. I don't want to catch someone who's all sweaty. Like, if I was like, hmm, I'm not really interested in this, would that be rude of me? Yes. Okay. So you just have to. <laughs> no, but then, then the guy has to sit there for, you know, three more hours doing the broadcast and you just jumped in his arms. I mean, feel how you feel, but I'm gonna jump in your arms. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. You're allowed to. You're allowed to feel how you feel. Okay. But I'm jumping in your arms. All right. Fair <laughs> yes. enough. Fair enough. Uh, let the world know. Uh, when do you When do you want to return? Um, I'd love to be back in the cage, maybe in February. Honestly. Okay. Yeah. Like this. 
the better for me. I, I don't like sitting around for too long. I'm always training. I'm constantly working out. So for me, a fight camp is like, that's my fun time. Like put me back in. I love it. Well, you're a lovely person. So great to have you on the show for the first time. Great to meet you in person very briefly just a few weeks ago. Congrats on the winning streak. Congrats on everything you've accomplished in life. And uh, you're an inspiration for, for a lot of people. You, you, you are a self-made woman and you're living out your dreams and uh, you're doing a great job. So well done to you and appreciate it. And I wish you continued success and, and hope to have you on again in the future. Thank you for being so amazing, honestly. And oh, thank thanks. you for like remembering that you said you were going to do an interview with me. This is super cool. This is super awesome. I don't know if you know this, okay. but you're like one of the cool interviews. You oh, know, like wow. you're like the people that people like look out for. Like, man, I want to be on that interview. I appreciate so, that. I appreciate it. I didn't know that. And it means a lot to me. So thank you. Yeah. Be amazing and have the best day ever, okay? Oh my God, you are the best. I can can you wake me up every morning? Can you like have a like a voice note thing and say be amazing and have the best day ever? I feel like you need to be like a you should do motivational speaking, by the way. You should uh, have you considered I'm going to okay. when I'm done fighting. All right. Your energy yeah. is just infectious. So all right, you got a lot going on for you. Continued success. Have a great Thanksgiving and we'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. <laughs> all right. Bye. There she is. Crystal Vanessa Demopoulos. Wow. Frank, you need a little positivity like uh, Vanessa has in her life. You need a little bit of that you in your life. You think so? Nah, I think so, if I'm being honest. Uh, that was tremendous stuff. What a great personality. We need more people like her in this world. Um, speaking of this weekend's card, going to check in with GC to see how he did this weekend. First, though, all right, uh, please support them because they support us. How did you do, GC? Uh, I did well. Let's Let's dive right into it. Uh, obviously, we know we we all know how the parlay pals went. I mean, big dub there. Look at that! It's good to be back on track. Six, six and ten. Holy six shit! Ten. We are a very mediocre football team. I we mean, are up. We are up. Yeah. That's all that matters. We are up, and uh, yeah, I mean, sky's the limit at this point. Uh, singles did a nice clean sweep. Zero and three on the uh, Bellator singles, but you know we bounced back on UFC. Go three and one on UFC, which was nice. Uh, Parlays, the moneymaker this week, 5-0 and on the parlays. And if that Lewis Spivak fight had gone off, I think we still would have gone 5-0 and on the parlays, but we would have been paid up even more uh, than we are. We finish up about six units on the week. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Going into this weekend, Bellator 288, UFC Apex 65, I was just open for anything in terms of winning week. So to, to finish up almost six units is is fantastic. We're up over 57 on the year and uh, now 69 all time. Nice. Uh, we are closing in on 70. Hopefully we can uh, cross that threshold before 2023 comes. Look at you. Highest we've ever been at. Highest we've ever been Highest at. Highest you know? ever, huh? Yeah, we get these lulls and people start sleeping on me. You know, they're like, oh, you know, a few bad weeks. It's just like, you got to know that the tides will change. They will They will turn back your way. Uh, on fire in November, three winning weeks, uh, really putting together a big donation from November uh, at this point. Um, so it's, it's a good a I've good been meaning month. to get on that. I got to contribute to that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think last year, you know, you matched me. Uh, might Did be I a big ask to match, you, match me this, this year. What would it be right now if I were to match you? Uh, like $360. Wow. So I have to wait for the end of the, uh, the month. Got to see how we do a PFL championships, baby. You doing it? You gonna bet on it? Absolutely. I already have multiple bets in. I mean, we're gonna be in the building, uh, yes. the Hulu Theater connected. I feel to like MSG. we have to do it, right? Parley pals. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was I thought everyone was already on board yeah, for that. I mean, nice. You didn't get the memo or come on. No, I didn't get it. Well, that's the major show of the weekend. Yeah. Oh, that's a, it's really the only show. Oh, um, Survivor Series War Game Saturday night. Yeah, sure, sure. Chris, the yep. draft king for this Sorry. week. Uh I like how you just try to like shut me up by just saying I just Chris. sometimes yeah, sometimes I just like forget to do these and I I know, you know and it's usually my fault. People take the time to send them in, so I, I want to make sure that I shout the people out. Uh, and uh, shout out to him, DraftKings winner. Not the biggest prize pool this week. Not a ton of people joined just because of uh, you know the quality of the card. But uh, you know he still won. Brought home $65. Great performance by him. And then some big hitters. Got to get into them. Uh, some big ones this week. I can't get over that outfit, man. What time is the Keith Urban show? Wow. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, I would go to a Keith Urban concert. Uh, right now, just an update. USA, uh, still nil-nil in the 34th minute. couple chances, though. Yeah. couple chances. I'm uh, I'm actually behind Joe by like 10 seconds. So <laughs> I'm having to listen to their... Wait, uh, what does this mean? This means you guys aren't... Well, we are giving were... you full attention. Yeah, Streams are on back here. Streams right. are on back here. We'll, we'll just be honest. Uh, let's start it out. Zach. Graceful DFS. 12 picks in this parlay. Hits them all. Uh, I, I want to say this is an homage to me because he goes almost all UFC, but then he throws in some college football and TCU and Oregon State. And then he also throws in my Hawks. Shout out to the Atlanta Hawks for finishing this for him. Plus 19000 Plus 19000 $75 into 14330 it's like a year's worth of rent off a $75 bet. I mean, just tremendous stuff for, from him. Uh, next up. Milo of Croton. He hits a 14-leg Bellator parlay, plus 17,621. And then he follows it up the next night and hits a 12-leg UFC parlay, plus 27,156. He turns 750 into over $1,500. $7.50 into over $1,500. Shout out to him. Congratulations. That's unbelievable. Uh, we'll keep it rolling. Smee's 38. Smilo. Plus 16,293. This is just such a beautiful bet. $5. Keep it clean. Three picks. Muslim Salikov by TKO or submission. Kennedy Inzuchukwu, round two KO. And Waldo Cortez Acosta by decision. I had the over one and a half in that one. That was sweaty. It looked like Chase Sherman was going to go out a few times, but $5 into 819. Unbelievable bet. I mean, just. Three picks on a plus 16,293. That is that is a beautiful bet. Next up, two-step 89, Matthew, plus 7,473. Uh, I mean, another 12-legger. These people that put together these 12 legs, I think he had some sort of action on every single fight, whether it was a money line uh, or a prop. Nailed them all. Uh, next up, Debu Cap, Nick Silva. He goes Jack Della by KO. He goes Andre Fialo, Muslim Salikov doesn't go to the decision. Waldo Cortez Acosta by points. Popular bet this week, plus 450. Uh, and then Kennedy again in rounds two or three by TKO. Uh, turns $10 into 587 Last but not least, La Bombasaurus, Jimmy Noodles. Shout out to old Jay Noodles. Uh, also goes Cortez Acosta by decision, $92 into over 500 He hits Salikov by round three KO. I can't imagine how good he was feeling because it looked like Fiala was out on his feet in the second round, and then he finishes him in the third. $50 into $750. And breaking news, the USA just scored. Wow. USA just scores. It's 1-0. It's 1-0. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow, I saw wow. it in the corner of wow. my wow. eye. Wow, tell us. Tell us. Give us the uh, the play-by-play here. Uh, looks like 2-1. 
Uh, I mean, uh, it looks like 21, Weah. Uh, I haven't seen the goal yet. I've seen the replay of it twice. Uh, Brian Tucker adds in, goal. Uh, I still haven't seen the highlight. Wow, it seems like no one's paying attention to the show today. I mean, this is a little Wait, bit are insulting. We, are we live? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, golly. Uh, what uh, else? I mean, what you else? had the option. I, I petitioned very hard to... Uh, to get the show moved, um, one nil. You know, no, we, we only do it. We only do it for yeah. We Canada. only do it for Canada. Yeah, Classic. Canadian show. Classic. Canadian host. Canadian uh, show. Looks like I think that's Pulisic. Oh man, they're going to review this for Pulisic. offsides, yeah. and then just a beautiful finish. Oh, offsides. That's yeah, I think they're going to. I think they're going to review it, but he, I think he might Var. be playing. Oh, we're we're saying we're getting the official certification from Joe. Is good. I love it. I mean, this is huge. One nil or one nothing. Uh, one no for sure. Uh, <laughs> leave it to the Americans to try to say nothing. On the pitch, um, yeah, on the pitch. Wow. Oh, that is great. Listen, a lot of people joking about uh, the USA. Wow. They've got a chance. Iran. I mean, sucks. I'm on cloud nine right now. I'm, it's a great scene. This is this is electric stuff. After the oh, it's confirmed. Joe has confirmed it. We're back in play. One nil. USA, yeah. baby. I mean, after <laughs> after the Netherlands scoring right as we were about to go live to give me the. Uh, the minus one and a half. Yeah, Brian Tucker confirms Pulisic threw ball the way. Breaking news, Frank. <laughs> Brian Tucker has confirmed. <laughs> our, our reporter, our reporter on the ground, Brian Tucker. Our football expert, Brian Tucker, uh, head man in charge of MMA fighting, also head VAR VAR uh, official, has confirmed. Wow. That are there Americans at this match? I see one guy dressed oh, yeah, up in yeah, a, an eagle. Quite a few. Yeah. Let's go ahead and switch the hats back, baby. Yeah, you got to do that. Well, ma- you know what? Maybe the hat is oh, good luck. Okay, yeah. I actually you know like what? that. Now, now you have me superstitious. I'm going to just wear that. the rest of the way. Um, all right. Well, congratulations. Yes, Nierker. Can friend? I interrupt the, the soccer talk yeah. for a moment? Just I actually little... have something to say as well. Go ahead. Okay, quickly. Mia culpa. No, no. Don't do it. Are you going to do it? Because I had something to say. You guys never. Are you going to do what I'm going to do? We were on th- yeah. you guys I yeah. asked you yeah. who the star of the yeah. weekend yeah. was and you didn't oh. ask me who the star of the oh, weekend no, was. That's oh, no, that oh. wasn't the media. No, we, uh, sorry. We, we wanted to do some editorial correcting on our end. Yeah, there's there's an apology owed to Patchy Mix and Tiger Magomedov. We were talking about who could potentially be next for Sabatello and, yeah, and it's, Stotts. It's, the Bellator Grand Prix. it's a it's a Grand Prix. They literally have yeah, they're fighting their the next opponent part. will be the winner of the other semifinal. Oh, I thought we all knew that. No, it no. wasn't exactly disgusting, bro. Back here. I'm <laughs> talking about Sergio about Pettis. I'm talking um, about everybody in the, yeah. the Ariel division. Who's your star of the weekend? Do you know who I'm going to say? No. Oh, you I have don't. no idea. My, st- I thought you guys were going to go in this direction, and you both, uh, you no. dropped the ball. Now, who is it? Your pick, GC, was a good one. Usman Nurmagomedov. Thank you. Thank your you. pick Mine was the best. One. Was the who, worst who, one. Who, who and uh, considering uh, your relationship with this person, even worse, my star of the weekend is the great Oscar Willis of the Mac Life. Oh, great call. Great call. His MMA decision. I mean, Got the knockdown in round two. A tremendous oh, war back right. and forth. Uh, MMA media undefeated Jeez. in 2022. Congratulations to our good friend Oscar Willis of the Mac Life who won via unanimous decision. I think it was... Was it 30, 27, 29, 28? Yeah. 29, 28? 229, 229. Absolute yeah. brawl. Back and forth war. Yeah, oh, yeah. War. When are we getting Dropped his opponent. I don't, know, um, I don't know if I'm going to recover from this one. I mean, that is... What a, ba- I, what a I, I legit thought you were going to... You picked Dylan Dennis mm. over someone who, dare I say, is a friend of yours? <sighs> Man, this... You must I, have got confused. I, I, they both I am dreading that this, this segment yeah. came back to us. Please clip this, this off. Uh, maybe oh, Casey yeah, yeah. can clip it off. Training no. partner Alta. Bur- alum. Bury this. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Oscar, the, the legend of all legends. 
what are the chances GC you do this in? I feel like you you would do it. Twenty twenty three, you do the the program. You have a fight. Think no, about how big no, it would be for the 2023, show. Twenty twenty three, not twenty twenty three. Twenty four. That's putting a lot of pressure on me. 24? The longer I hang around, the more willing I am. But consider. Here's, okay. Here's the tough part: is that everybody keeps winning. Yeah, it's tough. I can't be the guy that goes out there and gets starched in the first round. Mm-hmm. That That'd is be true. Bad look. Well, uh, making us all proud. Congratulations to Oscar. Thank you guys very much. You can go back to uh, doing what you were doing back yeah, there. Yeah, we'll see you afterwards. Did you uh, just ver- punch the microphone? No, I was pointing, but I hit it. Okay. All right? It's Gary's like kind of all up in, in my grill. Um, I'm very excited about talking to our next guest because he had a massive win at Madison Square Garden a little over a week ago, and uh, he's one of the really interesting players at 205 pounds, also has a win prior to that over Iwan Kuchilaba, who lost to his teammate, Kennedy Nzechuku. It's been a great stretch for the Fortis MMA boys. We had Safe Saud on recently. Of course, Uriah Hall with the big win. They've got a ton of guys. We're talking to Ryan Spann now, who's kind enough to join us following his massive win. Hello, Ryan. How are you? Oh, I don't hear you. Is he muted? He's muted himself, yeah. Can you hear me now? Ah, uh, yeah, you're back. How are you, Ryan? Uh, my bad, my bad. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations on the recent win. Congratulations on the winning streak. Um, man, there's a lot to talk to you about because I, I, I find your story to be very interesting, but I have to almost start with what you said at the end. I don't, I, I just want to say, I believe you're in that. I don't believe that that was your first training camp. I don't know how that's possible. You have an incredible coach. Do you, Can you take that back? I feel like you need to take that back. There's no way that that was your first training camp. Okay, well, they want me to take it back. Um, <laughs> Uda, did, did Safe get mad at you for that? <laughs> He's like, come on, man. Excuse me, excuse me. Um, well, the truth is, it was like my... My first full camp, really. Uh, I've trained before, I guess. Uh, no gear, I think I trained for that fight. There's been a handful of fights that I may have trained for. Uh, one of my my first amateur title fight, I think I trained for that one, but that was still for about four weeks. But for the most part, man, I just, it, it'd be fat training, man. I'd just be trying to cut weight because I get big. How big and do you get? Uh, I get pretty big. Uh, let's see. Uriah always phrases it the best. He'd be like, too big. Too so. big. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> too big. And what do you do to get so big? Eat. Eat. I like to eat. Yeah. And, and just naturally, I'm a big guy, so it, it's not hard for my body to want to carry weight. And what was like? what's your favorite thing to eat after a fight? Like, since you're a big fan of eating, like, what do you really indulge on? Okay. It might, it might be right next to him. He's indulging as we speak. Oh, Cheetos. That's your thing. Oh, Chester's. Yeah. Oh, che- yeah. Is it Chester's yeah, or Cheetos? Chester. Chester. It's Chester's. What's the That's difference? I, I, Is that like the bootleg um, version of Cheetos? No, 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 no. There's, it's like a different brand. Oh, really? It's, wow. It's completely different brand, yeah. But it's the same type Cheetos of thing, right? Or more known. Yeah, it's the same thing. Hot chips. I'll eat them both, but. Those those are my those that's are my go-to. that's your vice. Yeah. How long after pretty, a fight? Pretty bad, pretty bad. How long after a fight do you eat that? Like, do you have it on the night? Yeah, yeah. Uh, usually they'll be waiting for me when I get back to my room. Oh, sick! 
And 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 how yeah. how far out do you have to stop, and how difficult is it for you to stop? Um, this last time it, it was pretty easy. I thought it was going to be harder than what it was, but uh, my nutritionist Eric Pena he would kind of incorporate tips into like my diet. Really? So, <laughs> yeah. Wow. So that was kind of cool. <laughs> And uh, does this have anything to do with the fact that, uh, unfortunately, like the one blemish on the weekend was, you know, the the weigh-in on Friday? Is it because of the chips? No, that's no, no, that's completely unrelated. Like, so when I first came on, you saw me cough. I've been sick. I've been sick basically the past two weeks now, I think, and I'm just now coming out better. Like, I even sound better now. Like, yeah. if you listen to me talk after the fight in there like i was nasally like i was trying to breathe the entire time so i was i was sick and it just i don't know what was what was going around uh, i had some kind of i don't know if it was upper respiratory infection or sinus infection or something mixed with like flu or something i don't know oh, damn. i don't know what i had but i'm yeah I was, I was all jacked up so i couldn't sit in the sauna like the last day we were supposed to do sauna and the cut was going smooth up until the heat. And once I got into the heat, it would like the first Thursday we did. I was so sick. I started taking the Z pack Sunday. I couldn't do anything until either Wednesday night, Wednesday night, I jump rope for like five rounds. Thursday, I was able to hit mitts a little bit, trying to cut weight with the bag on, and we did that twice. And we noticed every time I tried to move, like I just couldn't. Usually, I cut like that, and like I'll do that between the sauna. But I was losing weight, and I was fine. And we just I couldn't breathe while I was hitting mitts and stuff. So we was like, all right, tomorrow we're gonna wake up, and we're gonna do the rest in the sauna. And I had like three or four pounds when I woke up. And I just couldn't tolerate standing there without throwing up. Without throwing up? You were throwing so up? The, yeah, mucus and all that stuff. Uh, like a, everything yeah. was so dry or whatever. I just couldn't. Every time I got in there, like I was probably in there for like five, six minutes. And then all of a sudden it just started. Yeah. Hacking, yeah, it was, it was bad. It's, and how did you feel so on the night? Uh, on the night I was good. I woke up and I did some... Uh, what you call those? A neti pot. Oh yeah, yeah. So I did that like twice to try to clear out some of the stuff, and I just was trying to thug it out. Yeah, you because know, my faith never changed the entire time. I knew yeah. even though I was sick, I was like, I just, I just need to get there. And once I get in there, I'll be fine. You know, I just had to get there. You must have been thrilled yeah, I though. Him, that I was like, the fight was a short fight, right? So you didn't have to kind of test your cardio. That must have been a blessing. Um, I knew, I knew it was. I knew it was going to be like that. It was, it was no real surprise from the work that we put in. Because, like I said, it was my first time actually training for a significant amount of time. I think it was like 12 weeks. And wow. they, you, weren't, you weren't telling me nothing. Like I knew I wasn't feeling good, but man, nobody was going to tell me I couldn't do nothing. Is there any? And also, I couldn't. I decided not to cut my hair with this the 0.5. Oh. You know, so that cost me a little bit. Yeah. Was, it, was that under consideration? My hair? Like, were you guys talking like, yo, if you cu- if you cut this hair, you'll make the way? Like, did did someone try to convince you? No, they they were. They, they my coach uh, and my nutritionist, it was like, yo, you know, we need to, we need, because we couldn't dry it, and I was still sweating. Like, I was uh. sweating great. Like, the weight cut would have been 
perfect if I wasn't sick. And it was like, hey, you're still sweating. Your hair is wet. Let's try to dry it. So my brother tried to dry it a little bit. And then somebody brought up some clippers. And, yeah, I wasn't having that. Fuck that. I'm sorry. But my kids ain't never seen me without my hair. Uh-huh. And I'm not about to cut it like that. You know, especially after I did all that work in camp. I knew I wouldn't have missed weight. So it was easier for me to accept that why I missed it. So I just had to bite that bullet because I wasn't I wasn't cutting it. And it never and, an option in my mind. Great performance. Just curious, like knowing how the fight went out went down and potentially you get fifty K, but you don't get fifty K if you miss weight, like is the hair worth fifty K to you? In retrospect? It's worth a lot more than that. All right. It's worth a lot more than that. Respect. It never, it never I never changed, man. Look, I've I've had it for. I think I cut it one time when my oldest, he's now ten, was a baby, and that was the last time I cut my hair. So my kids, I have three now, have never seen daddy without hair, and I wasn't gonna just pop up on them. Hey, surprise! You know, like it's gonna be a thing if I decide to do it, which I doubt I will. Is there any particular reason why you don't cut your hair? Um. I don't know. I just always loved my hair. Like having like a native family, like hair has always been like a thing that like our hair was great. And with my tone growing up, you never know, you yeah. know, until you see like the grade of my hair. And that's when I was like, all right, let me keep my hair. Everybody else got all the cool shit, like the eyes and yeah. different things, different features. Like I just got some hair. So I'm protect that. So which side of your family is native? My mom's side. Wow. And uh, did you grow up, you know, around that culture or was it a different kind of upbringing? It was different. <laughs> Excuse me. It was different. I didn't really find out until later. And made me. it was my hair that actually made me start asking questions. So somebody saw my hair and was like, yo, yeah, you know, your hair ain't supposed to look like that. Like, what, what's going on? So I started asking a bunch of questions and found out, yeah. Okay. Um, and, and just curious, like, uh, obviously the results speak for themselves. Are you going to be doing training camps from now on? Are you not going to let yourself get too big? Is that the plan? Uh, we, yeah, no, we, we're already training now. I, I went back to training Monday. Like I knew my goals, my goals were to be first on the scale and back in training Monday. And we missed the scale one, uh, from unforeseen circumstances and, but I still was back in the gym Monday, and we're back training now. You know, trying to be anyway, just doing what the best I can do with what's going on with me. Is there any uh, part of you that feels like you would potentially be further along in your career had you been training more often? Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of what happened. There. I was like, man, I feel like I wasted a lot of my twenties. Um, I, I did, you know, athletically, you know, because I didn't really take it seriously enough like i knew how good i am and i knew how good i was everything has always came so easy so i decided i, I ain't gonna say i decided i was just too immature to realize that like my brother would always tell me like yo you need to be able to back your skills up with strength and conditioning and that's uh, why you know like i could kick people in the head why stretch right. you know and it just kind of snowballed from there but we got it under control now Safe give you a lot of shit. I mean, he's kind of a no nonsense guy. I I can't imagine that he was too happy about this. No, no, he's not. Like he, 
he always he always give me shit and he always kind of on me about it and I'd be like, Coach, I got it, I got it. But then I'll come back and get hurt or something and mm. end up leaving again and coming back bigger and basically the same cycle over and over. And he, he's been patient with me, and it's about to pay off for, for all of us now. Uh, initially on the night, I thought that you dropped Dominic Grace with a jab, but you said afterwards that that, that was a 2-3 that you dropped him with, right? So it wasn't so much... A 3-2. A 3-2, excuse me, a 3-2. Um, nevertheless, were you surprised that that was what finished him? No, no, that's what the coach was. If you hear him, uh, I ain't about to give it away. Kennedy kind of gave away some of the code, but we, we knew it was, it would be there. And all I had to do is basically believe in myself and trust in my training, which is what I was saying the whole time, which I did. And I knew, I knew it was going to be there. I just had to kind of be fast. Instead of always going out there bang and rushing, like that's one thing. That's why I was like, I needed that miss in retrospect because you know sometimes I'll kind of get in the in a situation where I'll just see red and we're, we're hey, fuck it, we about to fight. We ain't here to fight. Let's fight. And me knowing that I couldn't get that bonus because I put a lot of weight on that bonus. I knew. I knew when I got the fight that I was about the bonus on him. And I, I had a lot of, I mean, I spent that money already, you know, like in my uh, mind, I, I, I was ready for it. So when that first little situation happened, I was like, all right, well, let's go get them. Cause before it was, I knew I wasn't going to be in great shape when I go into these fights. So I would try to end them as fast as possible. And sometimes that'll put me a lot of the times that'll put me in trouble too trying to hurry up and finish them but now knowing that i've trained for 12 weeks when i went in there and i heard him for a minute and i thought i, I thought i didn't know how bad it was and I, when i saw him kind of get ready to throw back at me i threw some heavy at him and i can hear a coach telling me to chill and i was like it's cool i got it i got it and kind of calm myself back down so that was me knowing that i wasn't gonna get that bonus so it wasn't no point in me rushing is is there any um like is it possible to put into words what it's like to have a performance like that a finish like that at madison square garden that that's different right it's not that's not that's not t-mobile that's that's msg man like does that mean anything to you um if i'm gonna be real with you it didn't like uh, it didn't register where i was until i got back uh, i know before i left my dad was saying uh you know just to kind of soak it in because a lot of the times i get so disconnected from this stuff man that um he was like, soak it in, enjoy it. Like that's that's a historic place you're about to go to. Like people his age and my dad's like sixty something, you know, that you know, they they would be dreaming of fighting there and all that. And he's like, You get to go do it. And uh, I was like, Okay, you know, all I do. I was like, I'll come back with the dub. So that's all that mattered to me. I didn't really care where it was. I go fight in my backyard right now if they're gonna pay me. Right. <laughs> it it don't matter. I don't care who watches. By the way, um, Prior to the, the the winning streak, you had the fight against Anthony Smith. Uh, Anthony does a, a podcast with Michael Bisping, and I and I I think he still has. I don't know. There seems to be some animosity there between you guys. What is going on here? I heard him say a thing or two sneaky, last sneaky, week. Sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. Look, I've never said that man name, and I'm still not about to. You know, we uh, we moving on to 
some other things. We got some things going on in house right now that we're trying to worry about. Man, we ain't worried about nothing on the outside like that. Okay, could I just ask why yeah, is there animosity? Look, I don't know. I don't know what his problem is. You know, I don't know why he's bringing my name up. All I said was I wanted two numbers. That's all I said. You know, even in the first time when I said his name, I said I would want the winner of this fight when he was fighting crew. I said both of their names. I said the winner of that. Right. At no point have I ever called that man out. Okay. But the time will come where uh, the time will come. But right now we're we're uh, we have some in-house things that you know we're that got that more pressure matters that has our attention as a team. Like at this point, right now, it's not even about me, but it's all good. Okay. Do you- so whatever, whatever, whatever he has. Yeah, his time will come. Okay, fair enough. Uh, do you do you would you like to say what that is, or do you want to keep that in in house? Um, and I totally understand. I just you know I don't want someone sitting at home being like, why didn't Ariel ask this? So if you want to keep that in house, I totally respect that and, and understand. Yeah, I think I got the okay to say it, but at the same time, it's tough. You know, yeah. yeah, it cannot is my boy, man. That's my brother, and. To see what he's been going through for so long, you know, uh, we got a call today saying that, you know, his mom passed, which is why he couldn't do the show as well. Yeah, I totally understand. Uh, and I, I, I don't even know really how to, how to, how to express anything really, because at no point, you know, did Kennedy ever, he ever complain or. He loved he loved his mom. Like he'd come to the gym, and if she's not doing good, he'd have his phone sitting beside the mat and get propped up. So if it rings, you know he's there. And he'd done this for years. You know, like I know, you know things are turning and and stuff for for you know. I would ask, and you know, he'd just still have a smile, and he's like, God has a way, brother. You know. And it just—I hurt for him, for sure. You know, I—I that, I don't, I don't know. That it's hard because that—that's one of my biggest fears in life, and you know, he has to live it. And I don't know what to tell him, or I for fighting, I can give him advice all day. Mm-hmm. I—I've been doing this shit since I was a baby, like. But now it's like I don't know what what to say. Like even when I found out, I all I could do, I like, man, I have no words. Like text him, like, yo, bro, I love you. You hit me up if you need me. It's just, it's a tough situation. No, uh, it's it's a tough situation. So we kind of just asking everybody, kind of respect him, respect his privacy, his family, you know. Uh, and hopefully he take all the time he need and come back and do what he needs to do after that. Yeah, and our best to his family and uh, what a performance from him on Saturday. Uh, and so my my heart breaks for him and I and I hope that he is doing okay, all things considered. And and I appreciate you saying that about him. Your team is on fire these days. The team is looking great. What a coach you have. What a leader you have. He was on a couple of weeks ago. 
Um, and I know you're, you're focused on, on the team right now, but for yourself, it seems like you've just scratched the surface now that you've decided to start training for fights, uh, several fights into your UFC career. How soon would you like to return? Um, we, we're just going to keep this thing rolling. I, I've, I've finally let them tell me, and I guess they've been telling me that, you know, staying in shape is a lot easier than having to get in shape. Yeah. And I can kind of see what they mean now. Well, not kind of, I actually do see what they mean. You know, been working with Mike Skacia and he he's been telling me for a long time he's like man you keep blowing up like this this is how those injuries happen like i've been hurt going into almost every fight since alvi i think like alvi i had a broken ankle torn stuff against uh devin clark like i, I was just i was all jacked up like and then a lot of that comes from going from zero to a hundred in training. Yeah. You know, so uh, I've kind of cleaned up my act, so to speak, uh, and decided to focus, you know, all in on this thing instead of just living by the seat of my pants and just reacting to certain situations life ahead me and missing out on cutting corners in training, you know, just because of how athletic I am. Cause you know, it's, I'm a bit distracted right now. I'm sorry, but, uh, but it, it's going to keep rolling. We're going to keep going. We actually working on something right now. Okay. You don't want to tell us who that is, right? Uh, we're trying to get seven. We're trying to get seven. I got to fight. I got to fight two times just to get to seven. So. I guess since they only moved me twice for whatever reason up to after putting the previous seven where I was. So I think we're trying, I think we're trying for seven. I like that. I like that very much for those that don't know off the top of their head, seven would be Nikita Krilov at the moment. So, uh, that would be interesting. Uh, Ryan, you're doing great. Congratulations on the win, my man. Uh, my best to you and the team. Thank you. Obviously my best to Kennedy and his family. Thank you for coming on amidst a, uh, a very difficult day for you guys. So I appreciate it very much and uh, look forward to having you on in the future as well. Thank you. All right. There he is, Ryan Spann, who's uh, on a roll as of late, number 10 in the UFC rankings. Number seven he was referring to was Nikita Krilov. And, uh, you know, there's there's a path for him at, at 205. Um, some fresh blood always needed in that division. And if he can look how he looked... Two weekends ago at Madison Square Garden, uh, a lot of people need to watch out. He's a really, really talented guy, a really hard hitter. That was a very impressive win over Dominic Reyes. What about the fight of the night at MSG? We're still buzzing about it. We're still talking about it. We're still thinking about it. Dustin Poirier and Michael Chandler. I said there was no way in hell that fight wouldn't deliver. There were multiple ways where I thought maybe the main event wouldn't deliver. It ended up being a great fight, but there was no chance in hell that that fight with those two guys wouldn't deliver. Wouldn't you know it? Maybe it was even better than we thought it was going to be. And so it's always great to talk to Michael Chandler after one of these fights, win or lose. He's kind enough to join us right now via Zoom. In his podcast room, in his backyard, which I've seen so much about, heard so much about. You don't have the mic in front of you, Mike? I do. Well, I will. It's it's not on right now, but you oh. know, it just it looks good for. <laughs> Why wouldn't you have it on? I mean, you've spent all this money on this stuff. 
Oh man, I know. Well, my Connor, my media director, I gave him the week off. He was just out in in uh, in New York with me for a week and a half, just nonstop, twenty four seven. So he went down to Florida to see his family for Thanksgiving. So I actually don't know how to set any of this stuff up. Okay. So I need I need you, Connor. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, you look great. You still sound great. Thank you for doing this. How are you feeling? Man, I'm feeling good. Um, you know, I never want to downplay a loss. I I do not like losing. Um, you know, obviously it's easy for me to, I think it's part of my story to talk about how losses are a part of the process and we are all going to suffer losses. You yourself and your career have suffered many, and then you're still here. You are today, right? You, we become better men and women because of the losses. Um, all that to say it stinks, but, um, man, I, I really do feel like I'm in my second career now. My first career was before the UFC. Now, uh, my new career, my current career is inside the UFC. Everything has changed. Everything is bigger. Everything is just so much more awesome. And it's been a, it's been a dream come true. So even though in the midst of loss, uh, we continue to move forward and, uh, life is good, man. E- either way, as you, as you alluded to, I'm here in my studio in Nashville, a beautiful family is right over there. So I'm, uh, been spending some good time with them the last week or so. So it's good. By the way, speaking of this, uh, obviously, those who have been watching you covering the sport for a long time, we know all about you. We know all about the Bellator days. You're the face of Bellator. You had the great fights with Eddie Alvarez, all that stuff. But you have now entered this territory where it's like, win or lose, no one cares. You on the card. It's must-see TV. There's no way this is going to be a boring fight. And correct me if you feel otherwise, this wasn't always the case. You were always a great fighter, but it wasn't like you reached this sort of, you know, Nate Diaz, Donald Cerrone, Conor McGregor territory where it was like, holy shit, Mike's on the pay-per-view. We have to watch. We don't care what the result is. You are going to deliver. Not all the fights were like that. When did you become that guy? What was the turning point for you to become this sort of, you know, as Dana put it, Arturo Gatti of MMA? Because unless you feel otherwise, I don't think you were always that guy. When did that all change? Uh, to be honest, I mean, I think, you know, you've, you've covered my career, my, you know, my entire career. I, I think I do fight very similarly that I always have same, same, same speed, same tenacity, same, you know, been, been beat down and then come back and fights. It, it happens. Um, it just wasn't on the biggest stage possible. You know, you now think it's, it's the just same. The big- really? I don't remember you shedding so much blood back in the day. I mean, now it's like, boom, first yeah. round, you're freaking busted. You think it was always like that? Uh, well, I mean, I think, uh, I think I'm definitely stepped up in competition. That's I think, true. uh, That's I think those UFC gloves, those UFC yeah. gloves are, are hard. Um, uh, not that the Bellator gloves weren't, but, um, you know, you, you're fighting the best guys in the world. And, uh, yeah, I put myself in some positions to take some damage. Um, although that is my style and it is a technique. It is, it is a way that I've won a lot of my fights, a lot in the first round, a lot, a lot of my finishes came from the, the, the breakneck pace that I put on guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, and then, and then it's just, I, like I said, I think it's just the, the large platform now it has turned everything into momentum. You gain momentum and you gain steam and you keep the train rolling. So there wasn't any part of you in your career recently where you were like, I'm going to stop caring about wins or losses. I'm just going to be that guy who delivers entertainment value, that, that type of guy. Well, I think, uh, I honestly think I've always fought that way. Okay. I honestly have always fought that way. I just think I've I'm fighting the toughest guys in on the planet right now. The toughest guys on the planet at 155 pounds reside in the top five of the UFC. And I've come into the UFC and fought five of the toughest guys that I possibly could, which is exactly what I said I wanted to do in my first meeting with Hunter. 
I said I wanted to come in and fight the toughest guys right away. I, w- I wanted to prove either I was who I said I was or I wasn't. Like I said, I've said I've gone on record and said this. Either I go go I come to the UFC, I go zero and two, and I get cut, and I can live with that. Um, it hasn't worked out that way, thank God. But you know, I wanted to fight the toughest guys right away, and you know, here we are fighting the toughest guys. There was a little bit of tension, a little bit of animosity between you and Dustin. I don't know if it has necessarily gone away. I'm just curious, considering that. Was this one a tougher pill to swallow? No, not at all. I mean, if if anything, after fighting a guy, I mean, that's that's the one thing too. Who do I have the most respect for? Who do most fighters have the most respect for? The guys that they have fought. You know, it's like Eddie Alvarez. I love that dude. Do I know him or be friends? No, but we've shed so much blood together, spent so much time in the cage together. Dustin Poirier, I mean, you saw, you, you, there's a clip out there of me and Justin Gaethje, you know, hugging it up before the fight. I'm going to get drug tested and I pass them. And it's just like, you have so much respect because there's only, I fought 31 fights in my entire life, a couple of different, couple of rematches. So I fought, you know, 28, 29 guys. Those guys are the most, or those are the guys are the most respected guys in my mind um, on the entire planet to me, because I've gotten to do what I love to do. And they were the opponent, you know? So when it comes to Dustin, I got even more respect for him now, you know, um, the way he was able to navigate and negotiate that fight, um, through the exchanges, he bloodied me up. I hit him with some hard shots, the wrestling that, you know, me on top of him and then him reversing. I and mean, it's just the way he, the way he fought, the dude is very, very, very good. And I knew that from the very beginning. Um, so ton of respect for him, even more respect for him now than I had before. And maybe we'll do it again sometime, but for now. Me, uh, me and Poirier, were, you know, are forever etched in the history books as, you know, a great fight. Better than you thought he would be? Yes. Better better than I thought he would, would be. I mean, there. not that you ever, you never underestimate a guy. You never, you, you want to, you know, we want to fight the toughest guy or you want to expect to fight the toughest guy. That way it brings the most out of you in your training and in your preparation and in the fight, of course. Um, tougher than I thought more skilled than I thought, better composure than I thought. You know, I mean, that's not that I didn't think he, that he, not that I thought that he lacked in any of those areas, but you don't really know until you actually go in there and get into a car crash with the guy. So, um, he's good, man. He's really, really, he's really, really good. And, uh, I got no problem saying that. Got no problem giving his, him his props. He was the better man that night. If we fight 10 times, do I win a couple of them? Probably. Um, but November 12th, 2022, he got the better of me. Hindsight always twenty twenty. Do you have any regrets on the fight itself, on a move? Zigzag, wish you did this instead of that. Can you look back on any moment in the fight that you wish you could take over or do over? So I still haven't watched the fight back yet. Um, but just little highlights or just thinking about the fights. I mean, I've heard some people obviously say, hey, I had him hurt up against the cage. I went in for the takedown. But then other times in my career, I've had a guy hurt and I don't go for the takedown and I could have secured the round. So I think I almost secured the first round. I think I lost the, the first round on the scorecards um, after going back and seeing him. I think I saw him. I don't know if it was a confirmed or not, but you know, he stole it at the end. He hurt me, dropped me, broke my freaking nose, um, blood gushed the rest of the, the fight, obviously. Um, but no, it's one of the, it's, it's one of those things that nobody will ever be able to, uh, really understand unless you've actually fought or been in uh, these high stakes situations at some point when I prepared everything, every, every did everything I possibly could have prepared. Right. You just got to let the fight progress the way it progresses. And and you can't necessarily call it regrets. Do I maybe wish I would have made a, a better decision here or there, or even toward the end of the fight, whenever I did pick them up, put them down, 
took his back, wasn't able to get the hook in. I'm bleeding all over him. He and he's we're both sweaty. I fall off and he takes takes the top position. And then the fight ends, obviously, a minute or two later. Um, no regrets. Of course, like I said, we could fight 10, 10 different ways or 10 different times, and then there could be a 10 different outcomes. But uh man, I'm happy. I'm just happy with what I'm doing, happy with my career, and I'm very happy to be home. Do you need surgery on the nose? Uh I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Oh, I think uh we let it we let it heal. Um let it heal on its own. See how it uh, see how it progresses over the next couple of weeks. Um, but obviously, broken noses are no you know yeah. fighters are no strangers to broken noses. It's not that big of a deal. It obviously hindered me in the fight after uh, you know you can't breathe whatsoever and you're coughing up on your own blood and mouth breathing the entire fight. Um, but that's the fight. We that's the fight game, man. That's that's the the occupation that we chose. Man, it was pouring out like a faucet. Uh, you don't need me to tell you that, but it was it was quite the sight. And so I was just going to ask you if you can verbalize like just how tricky, how difficult that is for you. Is that the toughest thing possible? You can now no longer breathe. I mean, I guess like an eye being shut would be extremely difficult as well. But this is, this is not only is it pouring out, you can't breathe, but now everything's slippery, you're wrestling, you know, like that is incredibly challenging, right? It is. And, and, and not just from the technical standpoint of we're just both slippery right. as all get out. Um, but even, yeah, I mean, when you think about what's the most important thing, is it the technique? Is it the, is it the cardio? What's the most important thing in a fight? Well, oxygen is the most important thing in a fight. It's almost, it's almost so taken, uh, it's almost so taken for granted because everyone can breathe. Right. But then all of a sudden you only have two places you can breathe your nose and your mouth. And all of a sudden you take away 50% of your ability to breathe. Um, not to mention the fact that yeah, constant blood going in the back of my throat, um, aspirating it into my lungs probably. And, uh, you know, just constantly swallowing it. And then it's also coming out as well. So you're like, you're constantly subconsciously navigating. Okay. Should I try to clear it a little bit? Well, you don't want to clear it because you know, your eyes are going to swell up. Um, and then you're just trying to breathe, man. You're just literally, not only are you, not only are we in there trying to survive against one of the best guys in the world who is trying to get his job done of finishing you in front of millions of people, but then you also can't breathe. And you're, so you got, you're not just fighting the battle against your opponent. You're fighting a battle against, uh, air, if yeah. you will. So it was, uh, it was definitely uncharted territory for me. Um, but I look back and I don't really think about thinking about it too much. I don't think it, I don't think it hindered me consciously, you know, more, uh, more, uh, oxygen systems and, and subconsciously I would imagine, but Hey, it's the way it's the way it went. And it made for a pretty bloody good fight. Uh, he told us last week that on the Tuesday after the fight, there was still blood in his ear. Like he was in the shower and he's taking your blood out. Did you have the same experience? Was there still blood that you were taking out days later? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I've, I've had crusty, bloody. I, I mean, my nose bled for like two days straight, nonstop. Wow. Uh, so, but no, I actually didn't. I, I have had other fights where the blood has been inside of my ear. I mean, most for the most part, I wasn't on my back a ton till the very end of the fight. Um, most of the time I was on top of him, which obviously gravity was letting it, it was ended up on him more than it was ended up on me. Um, except for my chest, obviously when we were standing, um, which going to the back of my throat, but yeah. you know, I didn't, didn't have a lot of blood on me. Luckily I was able to shower it all off, but I've definitely experienced that. Like, like Dustin said, getting blood out of your ear and out of your hair and nasty stuff. And when but, you're getting punched in the face with a broken nose, what does that feel like? Uh, well, luckily you don't feel anything, you don't, uh, you wow. know, luckily you're in, yeah, luckily, you know, I mean, there was, there was definitely some pain when it first happened and then, and then luckily it went away after a, a minute or two. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, obviously I knew by the way that it was bleeding. I mean, I've had bloody noses in the past, but this one was, this one was gushing. So, um, didn't really affect me much. Like I said, subconsciously, uh, maybe, but consciously I wasn't really thinking about it. So two things that, you know, maybe you've been accused of in this fight was one blowing your nose on him. Did you do that on purpose? Well, I was, I blood definitely came out of my nose. Did it, was I trying to put it on him? No, he, he just happened to be in a place where the blood was going to come out. I was just surviving, trying to breathe. Um, but yeah, I mean, people say spit blood. It was definitely not spitting blood. Uh, there's a difference between spitting blood and then also trying to breathe out of your nose. And right. then a, a blood, a blood clot that you didn't really know it was going to come out, uh, ends up landing on your opponent. Um, so, I mean, it's, it is what people are, are, have accused me of, but at some point you're like, Hey, you're in there just trying to survive. That one felt, uh, almost unfair to me. I, di I didn't feel like that was, uh, done on purpose or intentionally. What about the fish hooking? Did you mean to do that on purpose? I meant, I meant to reach down and grab his chin. Turns out my hand went into his mouth. And as, as, we, as I said too, it's people's people think that we're in there making decisions like me making the decision to pick up this pen. Mm. It's not the same when you're actually inside of the confines of mixed martial arts and you're fighting for your life. You're reaching for things. You're grabbing for things. You're, you're grappling. Uh, a lot of it is muscle memory. As I said, when I take a guy's back and I drilled it a, a thousand times, take a guy's back, reach down, grab the chin, lift the chin, and then go for the choke. Um, so yes, do, do I think I need to apologize? I don't think I do. Um, do I think it was, Something that could that people could say, hey, that was that was dirty or that was illegal. Yes, I could definitely see what you're saying. But 31 fights, you know my reputation. Um, I've got a good reputation in the sport. I love the sport. I don't cheat the sport. I don't cheat to win. Um, this one was just an unfortunate cir circumstances and chain of events that um, I wish didn't happen, but they did. And also, that's why we have referees there. That's why the referee was there with his eyeballs on every single exchange to let you know if you're doing something either consciously, subconsciously on purpose or not on purpose. Um, but yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good. I don't, I don't like to hear that because, you know, I mean, whatever, there's going to be people that are going to say things no matter what, win, lose, or draw, um, be accused of things, win, lose, or draw. It doesn't matter. Um, but I love this sport and I would never cheat. Um, so it is, I guess it is what it is. Um, and I can't change it aside from the fact that, Hey, I've been here for 31 fights. I love the sport and I would never cheat intentionally. Did he bite your finger? And could you feel he that? He did bite my finger. He did bite my finger, which I isn't cheating because my finger shouldn't have been yeah, in his right. mouth. But did that hurt? I think that's when I <laughs> I think that's when I realized, okay, that's not the chin because uh yeah. he's biting down on my hand. And then obviously that's when you know I let go. Um, but Dolly. man, it's it's somewhat you know, like, I guess funny, I, I wouldn't, I would never call it funny or downplay it, but it is just like, you know, you, when you really think about the stuff that we go through as mixed martial artists and even him being down there, I would have done the exact same thing, whether the guy thought his hand was in my mouth or not. Um, is there any part of you that is bummed that there still seems to be some animosity there? Um, you know, he, he doesn't seem too happy with you. Some of the things he said on the press conference afterwards, does that bother you at all? Like you wish you guys were in a better place or do you not care? Uh, I'm not going to say that I don't care. I mean, I, I have a tremendous respect for every single guy that I've ever fought and I have a tre tremendous respect for anybody who is in our line of work. Um, you know, when I see him in public or if I see him the next time I see him in person, I'll go up, shake his hand say, what's up. We'll see. We'll see how he reacts. I don't know. Um, 
my guess is I don't think he uh I think we we're all high strung at times. I think we all are just uh coming down from these victories or defeats. Um then again, I could be wrong. We'll you know, we'll, we'll see we'll see. Um either way, I have no ill will towards him. Uh, I'm not going to lose any sleep over over that and he he and I's I guess relationship whether it's contentious or not. Um but yeah, it's 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 unfortunate. I got a ton of respect for him. He beat me fair and square. Um, he was the better man that night. And, uh, you know, we do it again some some sometime down the line. It'll be even a better storyline, I guess. I thought he paid you a tremendous compliment in that moment that was caught on camera right as you guys were, you know, he was getting his hand raised and all that, where he said that he was afraid to fight you, but it was out of respect. Obviously, in the moment, you're all like bloody beat up. But now that you internalize that, I mean, that's a pretty incredible thing for a fighter to say to another fighter, especially, you know, in this alpha male sport that we're in. Like, you don't always hear that. I think that's why people love Dustin is because he's, you know, he, he he verbalizes his feelings, his emotions in a different kind of way. Uh, do you share that sentiment? Did you understand where he was coming from? Yeah. Um, sorry, I got some glares going on here. Oh, that's um, all good. No, yeah. Uh, and and I think it's true. That's that's why I think that's why we love this sport. Um and even a guy who is as tough and as scary and as alpha male as Dustin Poirier is, it gives everybody a glimpse into the fact that we're all just human beings. You know, I think we get we get put on this pedestal sometimes where people look at us like we are emotionless, uh, don't have the same doubts, fears, insecurities as as everybody else does, and we do. We're all dealing with we're all dealing with things that are so much. So much tougher than just fighting inside of a cage sometimes, you know? Um, so it was, it was a cool moment. Um, I I could say the exact same thing, you know, fighting a guy like Dustin Poirier, fighting everybody that I've fought inside the UFC thus far. I've wanted to fight them because I'm excited about the competition, but part of me says, I don't really want to fight that guy. It's kind of like how I admitted on the MMA on point on point interview where uh, Dan Hooker said, I, I think if Michael Chandler chose his first opponent in the UFC, he would not have chose me. <laughs> and I looked right at the camera and said, you're right, dude. I did not want to fight you. You know, it's just, it's the nature of the business, but that's why we do what we do. That's why you cover this sport. That's why the fans tune in and pay their hard-earned money to either go to these venues or buy the pay-per-view. It's, uh, it's a crazy sport full of a bunch of crazy guys that you uh, have a ton of respect for, but you're like, well, here goes nothing, you know? Are you done with MSG now? I've I keep saying that. I mean, it's uh, it hasn't worked out well for me thus far. Um, Do you believe you know, in that stuff? Least, what's that? Do you believe in that stuff? Like, uh, no, I, I don't think it, okay. I don't think it's superstition okay. or you know, like I can't get a win at MSG. I think it's more just you know, it's it, that's how I felt in the moment. I mean, man, if if UFC called me right now and said, hey, you got to you know this huge fight. Uh, and it's at Madison, Madison Square Garden. I'm not going to say no. I haven't said no yet. So I'll continue to say yes, as I always do. Um, but I will say I want to fight in Vegas. That gum. And I fought. I've fought in the UFC two years. Two years now. Yeah. Five big fights. Um, and I haven't fought in Vegas yet. I've been to numerous fights in Vegas. I've cornered guys in Vegas. Um, so I, I definitely want to fight in the fight capital of the world eventually, since it is the home of the UFC. So uh, hopefully next fights in Vegas. And we'll get to that in a moment. I'm just wondering, I saw that video that you did with your kids, uh, and that was amazing. You sounded, by the way, a lot like Mick Foley. I don't know if you're familiar with Mick Foley, <laughs> Mankind. You sounded exactly yeah, like him. Did you get that from anyone? 
No, I actually didn't. I don't know. I, I put the mask on. I put the mask on and I was just like starting started messing with uh, voices. And I was like, oh, I was like, hey, babe, take a video. I'm going to talk to Hap real quick. It was amazing. And then, uh, that, that happened after the Gaethje fight. And then I put it on again, of course, with both of my sons. And then actually, I'm about to release a video, 18 minutes of Ice Face Reads Mean Tweets. Oh my god! Um, Eighteen minute video of Ice Face reading mean tweets. So uh, that should be up on YouTube here soon once uh, Connor gets back from vacation. Who's writing you mean tweets? Like about what? What are they saying? Oh, hey man, there's so many mean tweets. You know, uh, it's it's. Well, I mean, it's you know, armchair quarterbacks should have done this, not done that, or Chandler's fight IQ this, or Chandler. You know, I mean, it, Chandler's cardio, Chandler's you know, faces a punching bag. I mean, it's it's all just. Mixed martial arts is just full of mean people. You know, it's, it's all, it, it does it does it bother me? Does it keep me up at night? Absolutely not. Okay. Is it funny content to be able to be, to honestly, you know, read these mean tweets and then uh, respond to them is, you know, it's kind of funny. So we'll see, we'll see, we'll see how the people uh, respond to ice face reads mean tweets. By the way, but when you see your kids for the first time, like when you walk through the door on Sunday morning, uh, what is that like? What is their reaction when they see you like that? You're obviously in a tougher spot than you are right now. You, you know, you, 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 uh, heal nicely, but like, what is their reaction? Your kids are so young. Do they have a strange reaction to it? Hap, Hap knows, obviously my five-year-old, he knows because he was at my Tony Ferguson fight and, uh, had a nice big shiner. Um, this one, you know, Hap, Hap wasn't there. So I did come through the door and he came up, came right up. He, he always runs up and jumps on my arms. He kind of stopped himself, uh, and then, uh, you know, kind of put his hands on my face and was like, ooh, daddy, ouchies. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's uh, part of it. And then before you know it, two, three days later, your face is almost pretty much healed for me at least. Um, so I, I think more than anything, I think we are reengaging the subconscious, uh, kind of the subconscious thought and lesson that you're going to take bumps and bruises in life. And that's what I tell him. The two the two things that that my son Hap knows and he can he can finish the sentences Every young man falls, but every young man gets back up and every, every young man gets an ouchie, but every ouchie heals. He's almost six now. So we're going to stop calling him ouchies, but yeah. <laughs> you know, every, every young man gets, gets hurt. Um, but every, every hurt heals, you know, um, it's just a rest. It's a, it's a, it's a recipe and, uh, um, I guess just a mantra in life that we live by. And just so happens that my line of work, I actually get physical ouchies compared to, you know, a lot of dads out there. So as far as what is next, you have been very clear that like it's time. You're putting all the chips in. You want one man, one man only. And I and I said it on the show last week. Like I think it's the perfect time for it, where you're both at. Hopefully he comes back. We're talking about Conor McGregor. This is who you want, and we're not entertaining anything else. Is that accurate? I'm I'm going to be your manager here for a moment. We're not entertaining anything else. We want Conor McGregor. We want an international fight week. We want it in Las Vegas. You haven't really said that part, but I'm just kind of like completing the picture here. Is this all accurate? This is what you want? That sure would be a heck of a scenario. I mean, I think, I think as you said, that you know, the first time I got on the microphone after beating Dan Hooker, called it, called out Connor's name, um, did it again after the Tony Ferguson win. That you know, both of those callouts were were big and and started gaming gaining steam. But at this point, at this particular time, at this particular moment, um, man, it's a big fight. I do think it's a big fight. Um, I think it's a, it's a fight that would get the juices flowing of the entire mixed martial arts landscape. I mean, let, let's be honest. Connor's Connor's the a side Connor's the guy that sells pay-per-views no matter what, but he always does need an interesting dance partner, no matter what you're going to be hard pressed to find a guy who's more, I guess, more of an interesting, um, guy with the momentum right now than, than me. So, um, that's what I want. Am I saying that I'm putting all my, all my eggs in, the, in one basket? Absolutely not. Because waiting for a Conor McGregor fight, 
is, uh, you know, it's a fool's errand because you don't know if it's going to happen. He's got all the options in the world, but his first love is mixed martial arts. Um, it is what made him. Yes. He's got millions and millions of dollars and millions and millions of followers, but he only has that because of the sport of mixed martial arts. That's how he got the, 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 uh, the start. So I think he's, he's going to come back. And if he comes back, why shouldn't it be me? You know, um, international fight week sure does sound great. July enough time for me to heal. Definitely enough time for him to really get a strong foundation after he's now started to train. Um, but it's not up to me. I can tell you that, you know, it's, it's up to, it's up to UFC. It's up to Connor. I'm just going to be the guy who's going to be over here training and the whole mixed martial arts landscape and world knows that when I step into the cage, I bite down on my mouthpiece and entertainment is, is shown. So it, uh, it could be big. It could be huge. And I think I'm the guy. Do you know if the UFC is on board with this? I, I know we've spoken about it in the past, but I think, you know, I think that the, the Connor fight is, is in everybody's ear or everybody's possible sites when you're at 155 145 170 any of these guys who got you know around the same weight class as him and are a a big enough name for him to, to fight i guess um i do think the ufc is on board i think uh i think that's a fight that they would probably want to make um do i know what conversations they're having with other guys I, obviously not um but i know they've said it sure sure as heck will be a big fight so um we'll see is there a point where you won't wait anymore? Like, uh, obviously you need some time to heal, but are you saying, all right, if this doesn't materialize by March, April, something like that, I'm moving on. Uh, you know, I honestly haven't really thought about it. You know, we're still about a little over one week since the, yeah. the, the last fight. Um, but obviously that's always, that's what's in my mind right now. That's, that's the guy I want. That's the guy that I want to fight. Um, there, there will be, there will be a, a certain period of waiting Obviously, I'm going to enjoy the holidays with my family, heal up a little bit. Um, so I don't have a timeline on it. You know, obviously, it's going to, going to happen with or it's also going to depend on when is Connor coming back? Is he thinking end of 2023 or right, is he thinking, right. hey, I'm hopping in the, the testing pool or whatever, whatever's going on with that stuff. Uh, and July works, March works, April works. Who knows? Um, all I know is, I, you know, I want to be active. Sounds crazy right now. Obviously, I need, I need some time off. Um as I always do after these fights, but as soon as I'm ready and cleared and hundred percent ready to start training again, you know, I'm ready to ready to get after it and say, yes. By the way, from afar, what do you make of how he looks these days? Looks healthy. He's a <laughs> big know? boy. He looks healthy. Yeah. Well, I, I will say too, you know, I mean, people can say what they want when you break your leg the way that he did. Um, and you're still a, an athlete who wants to train. Well, you're not going to run. You're right. not going to bike. You're yeah. going to squat. You're not going to, you know, you're going to do a bunch of upper body. You're going to pick up some dumbbells. You're going to pick up some barbells. You're going to lay on a bench and you're going to do a, a ton of reps, a ton of pull-ups, you know? So, um, his upper body has gotten massive and, uh, rightfully so makes, makes a lot of sense. He had a, a lower body injury and not just a lower body injury. The guy didn't sprain his ankle. The guy shattered his leg right. and had a, what do you call it? Titanium you know, uh, rod put in or whatnot. So, um, lots of upper body and, uh, punching power has probably gone up speed. You know, we, we don't know. So we'll, we'll see after the the return. Um, hopefully I'm the guy stepping in the octagon with him, and, uh, it's going to be good. Despite the loss, do you still feel like you have a new lease on life because Charles isn't the champ? You don't have a history with Islam. Even if folk wins, things have opened up for you. Do you feel that way? haven't really thought about that, uh, much, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, that's the good thing about being in this division. I've got history now with 
some of the biggest names in the in the division. Obviously, my my losses are my losses have been to the number two and number three guys in the world at at any given moment. You know, um, I would love the rematch with Charles. Obviously, uh, run it back with Gaethje down the line. Run it back with Poirier down the line. Fight one of these younger young hungry guys surging in, if you will. Um, there's a lot of options. Obviously, the Islam fight was the fight that I wanted. I wanted to be able to go out there show my wrestling. Um, I still think I would be a problem for Islam, but we can't sit here and talk about that. You know, I, I, honestly, after after a loss or after, um, you know, after losing to Poirier, last thing I'm going to do is sit here and talk about fighting Islam. Do I want that fight? Of course. But do I need to prove that I died, that I deserve that fight? Absolutely. So um, I got to string together some wins. Um, also possibly make some pit stops off at 170 or other big fights that possibly could happen. Um but my sights are still set on becoming the world champion by the time I retire. So um, I think I'm a couple fights away from that, obviously, now. So I got some work to do. Uh, just a couple more things, and then we'll let you go. Appreciate the time, as always. Eddie Alvarez has been vocal about running it back again. Dana didn't seem so interested. Are you interested in this, if presented to you? I mean, that's a that's definitely a big fight. Like I said, I've, I've already said Eddie's name now. I mean, I got a ton of respect for him. We are one and one. Um those fights were years and years ago. Um, am I interested in it? I mean, loosely. Um, it's not something I've thought about. You know, if Eddie signs at the UFC, obviously it becomes a little bit more real. Um, but do I think the UFC goes out and signs Eddie just to, to do the Chandler-Alvarez trilogy? I don't know. Uh, but like I said, a ton of respect for Eddie. And uh, we'll see how it all unfolds here in the next couple months. Uh, if not, Connor, is there a guy at the top of the list that really excites you? I did just go on record the other day and say I would love a shot at that BMF belt. Uh, you know, I mean, when it comes to, I do, I, like I said, I, I, I love the awards I've gotten thus far in the UFC debut of the year. And then fight of the year with Gaethje, possibly I'll be in the, in the running for knockout of the year uh, with the Ferguson knockout. And then obviously the 2023 going to be up there as one of the candidates for fight of the year with Poirier. Um, but that BMF belt would, would look awesome. You know, I, I think Masvidal is a, uh, ton of respect for him as well um would consider him an acquaintance in the sport got no ill will toward him whatsoever but i think i position myself as one of the guys who is the bmf so um it's definitely a fight that interests me there's no legs to it there's no 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 uh momentum behind it whatsoever actually i know gilbert and him it looks like they're gonna actually do it what march or something like that yeah um and gilbert's my boy i'm glad he got that fight glad it's finally happening um but you know, big fights, epic battlefields make people feel something. Those are those are the fights I want to be involved in. Speaking of the team, uh, I'm so you know so sorry to hear about Anthony Rumble Johnson. I'm just wondering um, if there's anything that comes to mind when you think of him. And uh, I know he was with Henry for a very long time. Your longtime coach, Henry Hooft, and this happened the day after your fight. Um, and so I just wanted to give you an opportunity if you wanted to say anything about him. And uh, I know the team is still healing. It was really cool to see Ong Lang Sang with the uh, the picture of him at the one event. But um, your your feelings after hearing about his uh, shocking passing? Yeah, it was it was crazy because you know obviously Hen Henry and I just shared. You know Henry and I have such a special bond. Uh, he is not just my head coach. Um, he's just uh, he's a figure. He he becomes a figure and a pillar to so many of us fighters that he doesn't even really realize it. You know, he's our, he's our trainer. Um, he's our coach. He's our, he's the guy who goes into battle with us and trains us, you know, all these weeks and months leading up to these fights, but he's so much bigger than that. And he was that for Anthony as well. And I know Anthony was the first, 
the first guy that he really trained when he moved to the United States and, and what Anthony Rumble Johnson meant to all of us can't really be stated in words. He was, you know, he was a gentle giant, if you will. You know, he looked, he looked the part, he looked scary. He had this, he had this aura and presence about him, but he was the nicest, kindest, sweetest dude ever who could, you know, we, we all remember the highlights and we remember the knockouts and we go back and watch and think, wow, that guy is something special. He's a special talent inside the sport of mixed martial arts. And then it didn't matter if it was before practice, after practice, anytime that you got to spend with him, he felt like, he felt like not just one of the guys, but like a mentor and also like a big brother to so many of these young guys. Um, you know, cause when I came into the team six, seven years ago, he was already a very established guy. Didn't know him whatsoever, but he was obviously, you know, one of those guys who was somewhat, his performances were scary. And then you get to know him and you think, wow, this guy is an absolute light, um, absolute masterful, um, just person and human being, you know? So it just uh, it reminds you that that this sport, although is crazy at at times and, and these battles that we are engaged in and what people see from the outside looking in um, is so. Just full of chaos, if you will, in these in these in these uh, battles that we're all just human beings at, at the at the end of it all. And he touched so many so many people, especially the young guys who were part of this part of the the team the black zillions and the combat club and sanford and obviously now Killcliffe. so um his legacy is that of a guy who who lived it and he was a gentle giant and uh he touched a lot of people so he will be missed and uh you know we'll we'll, we'll pay tribute to him with every single one of our fights every single day that we're training amen uh one last thing for you you wrote a beautiful thing about your wife on instagram those pictures were amazing and uh, we've talked a little bit about you know your family and whatnot and I'm just wondering, your wife works in the medical field, right? She is a doctor, I believe. At any point in, in these fights, especially as of late, is she telling you, you need to chill out? I, I'm worried about your health. I don't want to see you like this anymore. Do you have those tough conversations these days? You know, I uh, we we don't only because I think she, she trusts me to know. Um, she trusts me to know. I mean, obviously, if there was any glaring problems, if there was any, you know, if there was any... Uh, any health issues that both of us thought, wow, okay, hey, uh, this thing's taking a toll. Pra praise God it's not. Um, but, you know, I think she trusts me to know that when it's time to hang it up, it's time to hang it up. You know, when it's time to slow down or cool it, cool, cool down a little bit that, that she knows she can trust me because she knows that I love her and my boys and my family and, and my, my, uh, just what I get to do in the life that I get to live outside of mixed martial arts. She knows I love all of that so much more than I love mixed martial arts. And I love mixed martial arts and I love the opportunities and I love the platforms and I love God's calling that he's put on my life. Um, luckily she's, she's able to, to handle it. Luckily she's okay with the blood and the stitches. She just took my stitches out uh, yesterday actually. Um, but each fight is is a new uh, a new opportunity to, to recalibrate, reassess, and look at everything. And uh, we're still moving forward. There's a lot of tread left on this tires. A lot of huge fights ahead of me. And she is the most amazing, supportive woman that I ever could have. So much better than I ever hoped and dreamed of to, for in a helpmate, in a in a soulmate. So uh, hats off to her every single time that we have to go through one of these training camps. And uh, I'm happy to be home for the holidays. Uh, you got the walk on uh, fitness brand company program uh yes you, you've got the uh the peanut butter and jelly remind me the name Cram. 
Yes. K-R-A-M, yeah. K-R-A-M, which we've tried at the Helwani household and enjoy very much. Uh, you got a lot going on for you. You've got the media. you got the YouTube channel as well, which I saw. You've been putting up a lot of great stuff. So uh, keep it up, my friend. Great, great performance once again. Uh, thank you for that. Thank you for that entertainment. Thank you for putting your body on the line. I hope you heal up and that we get you uh, back in there relatively soon, not too soon. And I hope you get that Connor fight because uh, I, I feel like that's the fight to make at this point for both of you. So good luck. I hope so too. It'll be uh, it'll be big. It'll be epic. So I appreciate you, Ariel, and we'll uh, we'll talk soon. Yes, sir. There he is, one Michael Chandler. What a performance! What a fight! What a what a story it would be if he gets that Connor fight. Everyone wants to know who that first fight will be against, and I kind of feel like with everyone out there and the history that he's had with a few guys, Nate no longer in the mix, at least as of now. That's a gigantic fight. That's a potential two million pay per view fight, right? Two million buys. At least 1.5. Connor coming back would be a gigantic deal. Uh, what's the update on uh, the boys in white? Wales is about to kick a penalty. Oh my God, I'm watching it right now. Yeah, USA up one nothing. Gareth Bale, minute. the pride of uh, LAFC. Ugh. Can we watch it together? Ugh. All right, here's Gareth Bale at the uh, 81st minute. Legit penalty or no? I, I think you can make the argument for it, yeah. Those crooked refs. Trying to screw us. Oh, look at the Welsh fans. Haven't been in a World Cup match in 66 years. Oh, my heart's pounding right now. America watching in unison as Gareth Bale, who is just weeks removed from winning the MLS Cup for LAFC, about to attempt to score the first Welsh goal in 66 years. Here it is. And he scores. He gets the right side. Uh, Top right corner. And look at those fans draped in red. What a scene. Wow, I just got chills looking at that. Heartbreaking stuff, but there are still at least 10 minutes to go, one would think. Gareth Bale, the pride of Wales. They are dancing in the streets of Cardiff right now. Look at the emotion. Look at the enthusiasm. This is my first time watching a World Cup match as an American citizen, by the way, so I'm heartbroken and inside. Um, and we'll see if America can survive. Oh, they're looking at the, showing the replay here. Feels like that was a bit of a 50-50, no? I mean, I feel like the fix was in, if I'm being honest. Did a little stutter step there, went top right corner. Although the, the, the keeper guessed, he guessed right. It was just a little high, top right. Unbelievable. There is no tournament like the World Cup. And they are showing the fans over there in Qatar fired up. Surely Morgan Freeman, who was there at the uh, opening ceremonies yesterday, heartbroken right now, uh, but still about 10 minutes to go. And so at worst, you would hope that America can get at least a point, a draw here. We'll see if they're able to prevail. And of course, uh, everyone waiting with bated breath for the uh, Canada-Belgium match on uh, Wednesday everyone. at 2 p.m. Everyone just can't wait for that. Uh, and with that in mind, I want to remind you once again, 11 a.m. Eastern special start time on Wednesday, three in-studio guests from the PFL card that will be going down Friday here in New York City, Hulu Theater. Three in-studio guests will be a special day. Answer your questions on the nose, all that stuff. Then we'll say goodbye for Thanksgiving and be back right here on Monday. Frank, you can hit our music. Appreciate it very much. 
You kind of always feel like uh, fired up after talking to Michael Chandler, right? I mean, the guy just has a way with words. He really does. He is something else. And uh, I think he's going to have a great career in the world. We had two people today who I feel like could be tremendous motivational speakers. Uh, Vanessa, I mean, the stories that she must have from her previous career, tremendous. And then you have Michael Chandler and the way he speaks the way he breaks things down. There's something about those wrestlers, the way they break things down, the logic, the formulas, all that stuff. How annoying was that sound right there? It was all right. Okay, well, don't do it again. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I uh, can't wait for Wednesday. Three in-studio guests. We've had a lot of in-studio guests over the past uh, few months. Did you say who it is? No, I didn't. Well, I'll tell you who they are. Let's see if they actually show up. Uh, Kayla Harrison. What? Brendan Lochnane, Marlon Marais. That's awesome. Yeah, that's part of me that's wondering. Um, so Just a little show, you know. Early start. What time are you coming in on Wednesday? Uh, 8.30. Wow, that's not bad. Um, and, of course, if you're a VOD or podcast listener, none of this matters to you because you don't care. Although that probably means that the show will be up uh, earlier, right? Or are you right. going to just wait for... No, I'll have to edit it before I can watch mm. the game. All right. We'll deal with that on Wednesday. Yeah. For now, though, thank you very much to Terrence Crawford. Thank you to Ryan Spann. Thank you to Vanessa Demopoulos. Thank you to Michael Chandler, our best once again, to the family of Kennedy and Zechuku. And we'll be back on Wednesday, same time and place. Until then, I say peace. peace.